All right, Inappropriate Earl is back. Took a week off after interviewing the newest paid regular Joe Dosh. And uh, hot on the heels of that was uh, one of the top-selling episodes of all time with my exit from Roast Battle. I have a feeling I'll delve into that at the next few podcasts. It's a hot topic. but uh, And Johnny Stewart, of course. Who could forget Johnny Stewart, who I called Tommy Stewart for the first uh, two years I knew him. Uh, today we have a repeat visitor to Inappropriate Earl, an elite roaster, but he's a great comic too, a great guy. His fatherhood's coming up. It's been a while. We thought we'd touch base. Give it up for Mr. Pat Barker. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me back, man. This is uh, this is exciting. I, I the, you've you've had a lot of great episodes recently that I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure to follow. The newest paid regular, the the Earl Exodus, Johnny slash Tommy Stewart. That dude's insane, by the way. I had never met him. I still have never met him, but I just listened to the podcast and I'm like, this is this is a completely insane person. But uh, I love him, though, even though I don't know him that well. Right. I really grew, uh, you know, I was first uh, attracted to his persona at Roast Battle. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> he doesn't care if he loses or wins. You know, maybe he does, but he doesn't seem like he does. Did uh, you see his latest performance after you interviewed him? You know, he told me what he was going to do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't tell people how to battle. Uh <laughs> I, 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 you know, how was I was not in the room. I loved it. I thought it was incredible. I, I really did. And I, I, I generally am not a fan of like uh, people taking like crazy, like reinventing the wheel, I guess. But he went up there and he did like a like a Chuck Norris kind of thing where every time his opponent would make a joke about him, he would follow it up with a Johnny Stewart fact like those old Chuck Norris facts. <laughs> and they weren't even they weren't even really impressive. He would be like, one time Johnny Stewart killed for twelve minutes at a bar. <laughs> it's like they they were they were the least impressive facts ever, but it was I thought it was really entertaining. But I think it's important uh for a roast battle to uh, keep going with characters like him. Like he makes the show fun. Uh, you know, the top roasters like you and 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 the top ten pretty much. You know, the jokes are, you know, not getting old, but you know, you can only battle so much before people. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah, everything that's we're running out of combinations to battle in. Every topic's been hit a thousand times, and like, I like people who have different voices. You know, like uh, Johnny Stewart definitely has like a different voice, and you know, Mike Schmidt and guys like that who who like most of us sound exactly the same. So it's it's always nice when you get somebody who's doing something different, even yeah. if it doesn't work. And that's what I like about Johnny Stewart is like he doesn't give a fuck if it doesn't work. No, I don't think he does. Uh, but, you know, there's only so many ways to call me old or Olivia Young or you. I mean, you're not fat, but like, you know, I know that's where people hit you on. And Earl, you keep, you keep saying, I wish you were my doctor. Well, <laughs> I mean, fat my, my doctor disagrees. My doctor's like, you're obese. You need to lose weight. And then every time you talk about it, you're like, Pat's not fat. Yeah, it's OK. I mean, fat to me is like Bruce Bruce. Right. Right. No offense to him. He's a great comic, but like, that's a big dude. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, you know, Ramsey Moore was uh, rest in rest in peace. Uh, you know, he, he was pretty big. Sure. Uh, but, you know, I think you need, uh, I don't know if Johnny Stewart's the guy to lead the torch, but I think you need <laughs> uh, a new batch of roasters coming in to 
uh, carry the mantle. Definitely. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. And I don't think Johnny Stewart's the guy, but uh, God damn if he isn't entertaining. No, I mean, you need people like, uh, let me see, Rena. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's uh, she doesn't battle a lot, but she's really good at it. And uh, Quentin, the Quentin's great. I think he's back in town. Yeah, he's uh, he's moving back. Uh, Albert Escobedo. He moved out of town, but he's flying. He's got two battles on the books. He's more active than a lot of people who live here. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's buying plane tickets specifically to come out and battle. I mean, that's and he's I think he's undefeated. So, he's, yeah, still undefeated. Robbie, he's yeah, he, uh, he's eight. No, Robbie Goodwin, seven and oh. Um, there's a lot of like really impressive, uh, impressive new guys. I mean, I don't really pay uh, attention to the rankings. Uh, <laughs> if anybody had three minutes, uh, I hope you took the under for how long it would, uh, it would take Earl to allude to, to something. I mean, I, I, I just think we should start putting <laughs> names in a bucket. Uh, everyone get ready to battle and just draw two names and maybe you can get a title shot. I, <laughs> but, uh, you know, some people's rankings mean a lot. I, I do. <laughs> I had to remove myself from the situation. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But we got a big card coming up May 23rd. That's what I hear. A lot of good people on it. Yeah. And uh, we'll just leave it at that. But, okay. I <laughs> I was I was listening to the last episode and, and Joe Dosh was just uh, deftly avoiding the shrapnel from all the, the Earl bombs that were being thrown out. Well, I mean, I, uh, I'm an honest guy. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people ask me uh, opinions and, and on certain topics, I give them a straight answer. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, I, and people said, dude, you sound a little bitter on the show. I'm, I'm not bitter at all. I mean, the show's been great to me. Uh-huh. I think I've been great to the show. I agree. You know, I, uh, but I'm a competitive guy. So I, I look at roasting as an athletic event of right. sorts in terms of, uh, you know, if, if Pat's like you're ahead of me in the, well, I mean, you were ahead of me in the rankings until I, uh, you know, disappeared. <laughs> so if you were to get a title shot before me, I believe he's ahead of me. I get right, it. Right. Right. Uh, but I'm a very, uh, you know, black and white right down the middle guy. There's no shades of gray. It's I think, the, I think the thing that happened, uh, is like, we never, um, without getting into like your personal situation, I don't think anybody ever determined like what the criteria were for like who it was never like, okay, well, whoever's number two gets it. That's the thing. New York is really good at. They have like number one contender. They always have it lined up like very official, like UFC, and uh, out here, it was always just sort of like, uh, you know, just I, I guess we always let the champ pick. I don't know. I never really gave it a ton of thought. I mean, I thought we always did it relatively, uh, you know, one takes on two. Like mm-hmm. I know before roast battle uh, season two, if that didn't happen, you mean Hooper would have fought. Right. Because it was one versus two. And, and then if let's just say I would have won, I, whoever was three, I would have said, well, you know, because they don't really do immediate rematches on this show. Right, right, right. Uh, so I, I would have given the title shot, I think, to you. I think you were uh, number three at the time. Yeah, we had to, Well, when I, yeah, I battled Hooper for the title, and I called you out before the battle uh, as my first title defense, and then I lost and looked like an asshole. But not really. I mean, you had a tough, <laughs> uh, you know, Hooper was in character, so you weren't really roasting Hooper. Yeah. But that's another thing where you. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, 
think that like maybe what me and Hooper do is kind of cheating because we're not really up there as ourselves. You know, we're characters of sort. Uh, but some people, I don't think it's cheating, but like I, I can understand why people uh, have a problem with it. It's like a gray area. I learned I learned a really good lesson from that, you know, which is to to just be prepared for anything. I right. think like I think the difference between you and Hooper is that you've been doing that from day one. Like that's always sort of been your thing. So I think anybody who goes in with you knows the deal. Hooper had never done that in 15 battles. So it took me by surprise um, because I had ne- he always did the big intro. But then once the battle started, it was just, you know, off with the mask and it was Alex Hooper. Right. And then he continued to do the character throughout the entire thing. Um, but really, most of my wounds in that battle were self-inflicted uh, because I got thrown off so much that I started re-strategizing and moving shit around. And, you know, I can't do this joke. Now I got to do this. And I was pulling jokes I didn't even rehearse that day just to like because I thought they were more relevant. It was, you know, I was a clusterfuck. Well, you know, everyone has an opinion on the show and, and battlers and rankings. I mean, my, mine are pretty set, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll just, you know, I'll leave it at this. You know, I, I think a title shot's one versus two, mm-hmm. maybe one versus three if two doesn't want to do it. Sure. Uh, you know, one versus 18, it's an exhibition match, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. But hey, what do I, I'm not saying I'm right. That's... You, I, I, I listened to the the whole episode with uh, uh with uh with Casey. Casey Moran yeah the yeah great yeah dude uh you know a lot of people uh love the episode uh but you know I, I could be totally wrong in my uh I, you know I think I'm right for myself and uh you know it's like judging's in the eye of the beholder sure uh you know it's it's like I've said it before it's like if you have a wrestling uh uh judge judging a ufc fight right and uh he's not going to really dig the striker uh, he's going to get points to the wrestler for the takedowns and all that stuff and uh so j- judging's you know people don't think i beat jimmy carr i get, get people who think i killed him uh so it, it's a subjective sport you yeah. know i mean there's really there's no way around it there's no way to determine who scored more points a lot of times it comes down to, you know, style preferences and, and things like that. But, you know, your whole situation, it seems like everybody's everybody's sort of winning here. You to you, you stepped out, you you felt a certain type of way, you stood up for the way you felt. Uh you're you know, you're out for the time being. If you decide to come back at some point, it'll be obviously a huge moment. If you decide not to, you know, everybody respects that too. And uh yeah, I mean how, how do you how do you feel about it you you all right i mean the show lives that's what i love about the show it, it's like uh you know roast battle is like kiss you could take out members it's still going to be kiss sure uh you know scene is great uh you know uh i think i left in a good uh good light mm-hmm. i could it's not like i told anyone to fuck off or you know you know i love the show i love comedy central moses and jeff uh well, you know, I think a lot of people think I'm doing this for a big return. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I never say never, but uh, you know, I do miss the uh, strategical elements of roasting. Sure. You know, I, I love plotting, like you know, make this guy or girl go first. You know, and and you know, I just love that element of it. Right. So I do miss it. I think you'll be back. I mean, I'll only roast people I love as humans. I was on Casey's podcast and uh, he said, uh, is that 
Is that your one regret that you never got to battle Earl Skakel before he left? And I was like, he'll be he'll be back. I <laughs> oh, there's I was thinking uh, the other day uh, battles I would love to do just because uh, I love people. Uh, I love these people like you, Doug Fager, mm-hmm. Omid, Jay Light. Uh, you know, maybe uh, a rematch uh, with the. Uh, you know, certain people, if, if the cards are in alignment, uh, in the belly room. Uh, so uh, there's definitely plenty of, we talking Olivia, uh, you know, uh, you know, anything's possible. I, you know, I don't want to mention any names in particular. You just but. mentioned like seven of them. You were like Doug and Omi. You went through every name and then you got, you got squirrely on the last one. Uh, you know, anything's possible uh-huh. in the world you. of roast battle. Uh, so, uh, you know who knows we'll right. see what happens after the 23rd uh, and uh, i think you gotta you gotta you know you gotta get all the battles out of your system before you leave like that's why i took a whole bunch this year because i knew that i was having a kid in june right and i'm like uh you know who knows what my life is going to be like at that point um i mean i'll be back i'll battle again i already i have one on the books but um i was like i really gotta i gotta line up as many as i can and just knock them out uh, before my life becomes, you know, diapers and, you know, diapers. Yeah. Diaper changing and, uh, you know, rocking the baby to sleep and everything and getting two hours of sleep a night. It's coming up soon. So I had to I had to get all my my last fights in. Now, who do you want to battle like that? You haven't because you've pretty much battled uh, most of the if not all the top uh, yeah. battlers. I've battled. I've battled pretty much everybody. I want to battle you. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I would love to battle Joe Dosh. I don't think he's really active with it anymore, uh, as much. I don't know how interested he'd be in doing a, a Tuesday, just a random Tuesday night. Um, but most of the LA scene I've, I've gone up against. So I, that's what I love about like the, the crossover promotion with like New York, you know, a few of us got to go out there and March and battle out there at the stand, which was a lot of fun. And then, you know, as you've mentioned, May 23rd, some of them are coming out here. And, you know, I think there's, we're still ironing out the wrinkles on exactly how it works. But it does, at the very least, open up a whole bunch of new matchups that didn't previously exist, which I think is is good. I think in order for the live show to be sustainable, we have to keep creating new matchups. Oh, absolutely. And you look at the top 20 and it's like everybody's already battled everybody for the most part. And I think people in the top 20s, specifically the top 10, they don't really want to battle someone like Albert or Robbie Goodwin because it's like, what do I get out of it? Like, well, I'm I'm battling Albert in October, um, okay, because of that exact thing. I feel like everybody is sort of like avoiding that guy for for that reason. It's a it's a high risk, low reward battle, and I feel like Albert's eight and zero, and say what you want about his opponents, but you know it, it's tough. Nobody's ever done it before. No. So I I told him I said if you know. I told him I would battle him. Then he told me he was moving to Indiana. So I thought it was off. And then he said he would buy a plane ticket just to battle me. And I was like, I can't, I can't turn that down. I think that's pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, for the most part, there's a few people. Omid, Omid will battle anybody. That's that's what I love about Omid. He's ranked like six or seven or something. And he doesn't give a fuck. He battled Brent Duncan. Who's like, like 30. He battled two battle rappers who like, you know, had only done it once before. Like you give Omid any battle when he's in the right mood and he'll take it and he'll and he'll kill it too, like every time. Oh yeah. And those battle rappers are tough to battle because like no one in the room knows who they are. So it's like what what jokes do you throw at them? And 
Uh, it's something I probably wouldn't do. No, I, yeah, I got, I got asked to do one and I, I, I said no. And then, and then Omid took it and, and won. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way too much of an X factor. Like Jay light went up against one of them and it went to overtime and Jeff Ross was like, Jay for overtime. Why don't you tell a joke? And, uh, Jay's opponent, since he's a rapper, he can freestyle rap a verse. And it's like that dude's been doing that for 20 years. You don't think he's ever battle rapped a nerdy white guy? Like he had a verse like instantly and he just blew the room up. And I'm like, I'm not, I, you know, I, I, I want to avoid that. That was uh, what was his name? Flo FLO. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, he's, he's, he's a great guy and he's been really funny. He's killed both his battles. Uh, super funny. I'd like to see him against Corey Sharon, who's, uh, I think was the first battle rapper of uh, might have had the best debut I've ever seen of roast against Jamar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was like, well, and he was in Montreal, uh, you know, roast battle. He was at all the tapings and he's just a good dude. So uh, it's a scary guy. Yeah, definitely. After that first one, I was like, oh, anybody, anybody who takes this, this kid on is insane. And then, you know, Omid did it and Omid beat him pretty soundly. Um, you know, any given Sunday, man, anybody could show up any week and, and lose and you can look amazing one week and, you know, uh, not have it the next time. And it's 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 tricky. It's a different environment. And I think the thing that they both did against Omid is I think in the world of battle rap, like even more so than roast battle, like just blunt force racism is always advisable. Always works. And they came with very lazy sort of ra- racist angles. Like that's that's the beauty of the belly room is that they've heard every Indian and you know Persian joke, so you really have to try to think outside the box to not cover other territory. And these guys are coming in from across the country, so they don't know what's been said and what hasn't, and they they just end up you know going to a level of racism that we surpassed two years ago. Oh yeah, I mean you know if you were around roast battle the first six months, I think in t- 2014, I mean it was you know it was pretty deep. Before they before they had to institute rules on who could and could not use the N-word. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was the rule if two white battlers were battling, each one could say the N-word. <laughs> Hard. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how this show went from that blood sport to right. Comedy Central. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how the New York uh, battlers handle the uh, belly room. Yeah. The few that have done it out here, like JP, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you could tell he's like, wow, this isn't the stand. Like in terms of the energy, uh, it's a different, uh, you know, I mean, I guess they had home field advantage and it didn't help them in two of the three matches there. Right. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it works in the reverse. I think I think they're they're going to they're going to love it. I think uh, because when I was out there, like the one thing I noticed is that it's not as big out there. The sense of community isn't like what we have out here. Uh, And I feel like part of that is because it's not it's not the same show like that energy in the belly room is impossible to replicate anywhere else. And they try to do it on the East Coast, but it's just not quite the same. So I think those guys are going to come out and, you know, I, I. I don't do drugs. I know you don't do drugs, but I would imagine it's the difference. Like if you have been smoking weed for years and then all of a sudden you do Coke, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like this is, this is an insane level that they haven't, and you don't prepare really any differently. So they're going to go in and do what they normally do, except that the feedback and return on the investment of their time is going to be so extreme. They're going to be like, this is fucking amazing. I think, I think they're going to do great. And some great battles. Uh, 
Yeah, I think what was her four? Yeah, they're doing four. Uh, Luis Gomez versus Kim Congdon. Which I think is a great battle because Kim is a dude, basically, when she's battling. It's, she can get pretty, you know, down in the gutter with you. And she's been on fire recently. Her last few battles have been like out of control good her and dan nolan like last month was incredible um she's just been on a roll and uh i know i know lewis lewis gomez goes for the throat so i i i'm really looking forward to that one yeah, that'll be a good one and then doug fager and zach amico i mean that's uh that's an amazing battle that's the one i'm most excited about those are probably my favorites on each coast yeah, Doug's amazing. So, I mean, your guy's battle was, you know, of epic proportions. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, was it a draw or you guys both got the win? Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking for official scorekeeping, it was, it was officially ruled a draw. We both have a draw on our record. Um, they did a thing at the end where they're like, yeah, you guys should both get wins. But I, I don't know if they, we wanted to like set that precedent where all of a sudden, there's been, like you talk about the ultimate participation trophy culture. It's like both of you guys get wins. It's like right. I, we'll take a draw. And um, then uh, what do you have? Mike Feeney against against Anna Valenzuela. That's a good battle. I mean, he's a great rider. She's awesome. That's a wild card for me. I haven't I haven't seen Feeney battle, um, but I know Mike Lawrence speaks very highly of him. Um, yeah, I've heard very good things about him. And I, I like, I mean, the, the thing about New York is that it always seemed pretty top heavy out there. They have like five or six people and then I, I don't know anything else about their scene. So I'm excited that they're sending out somebody that we don't really know. Um, so yeah, that one's going to be good. And then, and then the, the big one, the, the main event, the, the one that the, the world is watching with bated breath, eagerly anticipating. I wish you guys could see Earl's face right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, it should be a good battle, but uh, it'll be know, a good battle. I mean, I, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a tough one for me to comment on, but uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, if if the champ uh, wins, it's like, well, you know, you beat a guy who's lost twelve times, dude. It's an in it's interesting. Like, here's here's my thing on. But it. if he wins, if the challenger wins, yes. I don't think he can come in the room the next week and say, I'm the best battler in here. It's like, well, well, he's got another battle the week after, so he could win and then turn, turn right around and lose it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an inter the weird thing about roast battle is, um, you can be insanely good at it and also be super roastable, which hurts your overall record. Like, I, I feel like, Keith is that way taking, you know, he takes a lot of losses because there's a lot to make fun of there. Uh, I feel like Dan Nolan is that who I believe he has a losing record now because he's a, he's a big target. Um, but to me, that doesn't take away from how good both of those guys are. It's, it's weird because it's almost like a basketball team that has great offense and no defense. So you lose 140 to 138 or whatever, um, which makes for a very entertaining game. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, you get a lot of a lot of L's on on the record. I do think that I I, I will I will say this. I think that, um, and I told Eli this. Uh, I think you 
facing you in the, the belly room is like the final boss of a video game, which is why I wanted to do it. Because I feel like you are basically unbeatable in that room. So in but, terms uh, of in terms of degree of difficulty for picking up a win, uh, I feel like you're the toughest uh, person that anyone can face in that room. But I mean, I lost to Whitney Rice in that room, and she had never battled before. Yeah, so. it was like seven years ago. That doesn't count. But what? Uh, but you know, I mean, me and Eli were cool. We had a nice forty minute conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, he's a great guy. Oh, he's an awesome dude. He kept saying, you know. I, I know you're the guy there and you know we'll, we'll do it you know you can come to new york if i win i'm like uh yeah that, that's not gonna happen but like uh you know i'm a founding father of this show i'm not traveling to new york to battle anybody right uh but uh he's a great guy like it's not you know i mean i i he explained to me his position in terms of why he's battling who he's battling i mean i couldn't really disagree with it anymore like sure what i respected about hooper as hooper goes into eli's home club being judged by eli's friends to to varying degrees i'm not saying it was like his family up there but you know for the most part they every judge was a friend of eli's yeah that's you know and like eli's kind of doing the complete opposite of that like well i'm gonna battle because i know how that battle was set up i mean i'm sure hooper hadn't even left the stage yet and the challenger was in Eli's ear. Hey, I'm the best battler now. We should, <laughs> we should battle. Yeah. Uh, right. But, you know, hey, listen, if, if, if losing a lot and kissing asses uh, gets you title <laughs> shots, uh, I'll never get a title shot because I don't do either. But, uh, you know, it'll be a good battle. And, uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of room for a little concession here, which is the person that we're talking about was voted two times in a row battler of the year and he's genuinely good at it who i did beat on 20 minutes you did you you, you did you did beat you guys had an incredible battle um you guys were i mean you saved the night i've never seen anything quite like that Uh, i mean that was the stuff of legends uh when two battles dropped out at the last second and then you guys were like yeah let's fucking let's do it with 20 minutes well i mean he picked me because i think he thought he would kill me (laughs) let's be honest I'm not a battler. I'm a performer. Right. And I think he looked at, there was a couple of people. I know you were in our little circle. that just, it so happened to be, and his eyes lit up when he saw me of like, Oh, I'm going to kill him. Hey Earl, you want a battle? Oh sure. Big guy. <laughs> uh, he probably, he probably thought he was going to win. Yeah, oh, no, I, I could, I could assure I would, I would you. Think so. He thought he was going to kill me. Uh, and you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people found out it's just, you walk away disappointed, but <laughs> You know, I'm sure it'll be a good battle. It's it's not. If I were the champ, it's not what I would have done. Right. I would have. You know, like I said, if I would have beaten uh, Hooper, uh, I would have battled you. I wouldn't have gone. Okay, well, uh, Pat's really the next guy to go after, but uh, I'm gonna pick uh, Lou Varm. <laughs> wow, comparing the unnamed one to to Lou Varum. Damn. But uh, I mean, you know what I'm I, saying? I, no, like, I, I totally I totally get what you're saying. I, whoever would have been ranked 18, uh, you know, I'm gonna battle that guy because I don't know, I know I'm better. I think the thing I would have done, especially if I was going to somebody else's house and I'm not familiar with what the scene is out there, um, and I'm sure Eli, you know, maybe wishes that he he had done this, is just sort of reach out to the people in charge and be like, Hey, who, who are you throwing at me? Cause when I went to New York, I didn't pick Christy cello as my opponent. Um, I basically, they said, Hey, we want to send three of you guys to New York. And I said, done, give me whoever you want. And they chose Christy cello. 
but that I didn't have any part in the selection process. Um, and in a title match, I, I really, I feel like I'm not as upset about the, the, the selection as you are, but like, I do feel like if I was going to New York to defend the title, I would reach out to Luis Gomez and be like, who, who, who do you have? Who's your number one? Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, you know, in retrospect, he probably, uh, you know, should have done that. Uh, I don't know exactly how the battle was booked. Um, oh, I think I can guess. <laughs> but Eli's an awesome dude. Like, yeah. you know, he, you know, it's nothing uh, personal. I mean, they wanted me to battle, uh, you know, the, and I don't even know who they is. It was relayed to me that they, this, you know, mythical force uh, wanted me to battle. <laughs> the Roast Battle Collective. Uh, yeah, it's like if you've ever watched a show, uh, Millennium, it was uh, the Millennium Group, this mysterious uh, fucking shadow government. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, like man behind the curtain. Yeah, well, we want you to battle Zach Amico for number one contender. I'm like, listen, man, I'd be Jimmy Carr on TV. I'm the number one contender right now. I'm not, right. And I love Zach. Sure. Uh, he's awesome, but it's like, yeah, that's not how it works. And like, I didn't like really how uh, I felt anyway, from what I've been told, like New York was kind of dictating, like, I mean, I know they have the champ, but it's like, listen, there's no fucking New York show if it's not for LA. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not me trying to start a turf war. It's just the reality is that there's no roast battle belly room show. There's no whatever they, they don't even have it anymore. Like, it's like, so you guys aren't dictating who I battle. Sorry. That's, and that's fair. That's the thing. This is one of those situations where like, honestly, I sit back and there's, uh, you know, everybody has different points of view and I can, I understand all of them. I really do. I, I totally get where you're coming from. And like, I, I, you know, you, you felt like you needed to, to take a stand and, uh, it's you know, tough. step out. I'm sure it is. I can't imagine, you know, having a gig where every Tuesday you show up and you're and you're worshipped. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to walk away from, uh, you know, uh, you know, the greatness of the show. It's still an amazing show. And, you know, I knew they had Cena uh, as, uh, you know, in the bullpen. So I had no leverage right. other than to just go, hey, I'm not happy with, you know, when the day uh, the challenger on May 23rd is being taken care of better than me, that's right. when I got to walk. That's that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you didn't step away um, thinking that it would change anything because if this is if this is a hostage situation, you, you don't really have any hostages to take here. No, none, none of us do because the show is so much bigger than everybody else. So it's it would be foolish to sit there and be like, "Here's my list of demands." But if you if you feel like, "Hey, I'm you know I'm not being treated right," then I I, res I respect that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just, uh, but I did it in a nice way, I think. Like, uh, you know, I, I didn't like necessarily battling Benji because uh, we're great friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just knew, I mean, no one told me this, but, you know, I felt that if he were to beat me, he would have gotten season two. Right. And if, if I beat him, you know, which I did in overtime, it's like, okay, great. Thanks, Earl. You know, it's like, I'm not saying I expected to get season two again because I knew they didn't bring back a lot of people, but right. uh, I'm done doing battles that don't benefit me. But that's how I, you know. It's fair. Uh, and I hate to be selfish like that, but. I think we all are to a degree. 
I've turned I've turned down I've turned down tons of battles. Yeah, because I do it all the time uh, because I don't think people realize how much work goes into doing a battle. Right. Oh, my God. It's the amount of prep prep time, not only writing the jokes, but that's like a minimal part of it. Then figuring out the order and strategizing and practicing them a thousand times. And in your case, buying sting masks for an introduction uh, that gets fucked up. (laughs) A lot of like energy goes into prepping for a battle. So why would you put all that energy forth for somebody you don't really want to battle? Yeah, I just, uh, you know, like, like I said, battling Zach, it's like, okay, I beat him. And now what I, if I, if I were, he could kill me. Sure. He's amazing. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just done with these high risk and little reward battles. But some people, like you said, Omid doesn't like, I'm sure he cares, but he'll take on, uh, someone who's not even ranked if it's like a friend and you know like who did he take on his buddy robbie kirkoff yeah he battled he battled robbie uh like i said brent duncan um i love guys like that i think because for every everyone like me or you who's a little bit more strategic like if you know if you're somebody lower in the rankings it's nice to have somebody up there who you could challenge and they might actually say yes yeah no i get it so so uh, i i think it's great well may 23rd roast battle the belly room check that out it's it's going to be an all-timer and uh you know we all love our new york brethren so Louis j gomez is awesome eli's a good dude i don't know mike but zach amico's great and uh they treated us really well when we were out in new york so i, I have nothing but respect for uh for the new york scene i i think that and their their show is uh is going to weekly starting after they get back from la uh which i think is a big step in the right direction and um yeah, you because know, I talked to Eli about that, and I, I think there's some sentiment of like, well, we want sort of like what you guys have in some ways, like a little bit more organized. Um, and I'm sure not everybody wants that. I'm sure not everybody wants rankings and records, and I'm sure some people don't give a fuck. But I, I think that there's some people out there who would love for it to be like an event every Tuesday. But I every Tuesday if, at the Belly Room is an event. So. Oh, absolutely. But I don't know if they have enough battlers back there to do it weekly, to be honest. But you know, maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, in L.A., it's like yeah, there's a top 50, but there's probably another 50 who, who can battle. Oh, yeah. It's a varying. So that's 100 plus battlers legit. And then you've got a few like the you know, the rap battle guys who could come in. So we have, you know, a hundred plus. The talent pool in LA is definitely deeper than, than in New York, but going to weekly, I mean, they're going to either sink or swim. I, I think, uh, hopefully it starts drawing more attention to the show and they bring in some unknown people who can, uh, who can move up their ranks. And, and is it going to be at the stand? Uh, yeah. Cause I love Patrick Milligan in the stand. Those guys are the best. Yeah, they were, they were, they were awesome. Patrick's a great guy. Oh, he's a fellow hockey fan. Uh, and, uh, he's an amazing dude. And, uh, I love the New York scene. They treat us all great. You know, when I was back there, it was awesome. And, uh, so, uh, you know, hit the stand if you're in New York and the cellar too, but hit the stand first. Yep. Both, both awesome clubs. They, uh, when we were out there for the battles, they threw us up on frantic, which is their Monday night show and uh, great crowd sold out crowd. Um, you know, they gave us like, you know, 10 minutes each nice long sets. Uh, and uh, it was a great time. 
All right, that's enough roast battle talk. Let's 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 get off of it. Go on verbalviolence.tv for all your roast battle needs, roast reports, rankings, uh, and whatever else is there. Uh, Coach T's corner, uh, isn't that Jamar's right? mixtape? Jamar's mix by uh, I can't say the title of the because uh, it involves a word I I don't say, but America's favorite. You got to get Johnny Stewart back on here to say it. Uh, no, I think uh, t- t- two's the charm for Johnny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, you're not going for the trilogy? But I, no, I'm not saying I wouldn't. Uh, you know, D- Doug Fager's coming up soon. Nice. That's going to be a, a special episode of Inappropriate Doug, where he really? wants to interview me. So, you know, that could be a thing every now and then. I just, someone takes over the podcast. And I think uh, the Casey Moran episode really opened up people's, uh, uh, you know, eyes to, oh, well, Earl's somewhat interesting guy we sure. don't really know a lot about him so i think people dug that and uh i have a feeling doug though might uh be a little uh harder edged <laughs> you know with his are you questions. guys covering the same sort of uh material i told doug it's your podcast you can ask me anything you want oh wow okay and uh, i have a feeling he'll so ask. this is the hard-hitting Casey, Casey Moran threw you a couple softballs. Is that what I'm getting? Oh, no, I didn't think he did. I think he <laughs> asked the questions uh, that he wanted. Uh, you know, he had 40 questions. Uh, yeah. Had like seven sheets of paper spread out. Uh, I have a feeling Doug will have uh, maybe go for the more provocative uh, style of questioning. Yeah, limited to a top three. And, and then, yeah. uh, you know, he'll mention names and he'll like to really try and uh, drag the dirt out of me. So uh, I look forward to hearing that that's going to be fun but let's get to you now sure enough about me and in my uh you know qualms about certain things and people okay uh, what you're having a baby what is what is going on with that um well i just i just got back from a parenting class uh we've started taking two par- two parenting classes a week um where the, the early ones have just sort of been an explanation of the process of childbirth and it's 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 like weird because I have to sit through this whole class where they're like, well, here's where you should administer an epidural, and here's here's like a warning sign if the baby's head comes out sideways, and I'm like, this is so far beyond my pay grade, you know? Like you don't get on a plane and then they're like, all right, well, let's teach you how to fly it, well, you know? Like there's doctors in the hospital. That's why we're going to a hospital. I'm not delivering the fucking thing. Um, but yeah, we, we go through a lot of that and, uh, you know, we, uh, we learned how to, we're learning how to swaddle the baby and how to hold it so it doesn't, you know, you're supporting its head and all that shit that you would think you should know, but I, I probably don't. Um, so yeah, we're 34 weeks now. It's coming up really, really, really soon. Uh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be a dad, which is like fucking, it's crazy. And, uh, are you working right now? No, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a, if by working, you mean have a job. Yeah. Then no. Cause you were the main, one of the main writers for the Bill Simmons show. Yep. Uh, any, what, any given Wednesday, any given Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Show got canceled in November. Uh, I had a, a few like side gigs and then I, I filed for unemployment at the beginning of the year and, uh, you know, just trying to find whatever's next in that field. Now, I don't know if you can talk about this. Sure. Uh, confidentiality uh, things, but like, uh, I love the show. I thought it was a great show. Oh, you thanks, man. Killer guest, Bill Burr, Wayne Gretzky. Uh, you know, who, who else? Uh, 
Oh, I mean, fuck Charles Barkley, Kevin Durant, uh, Nas, Ben Affleck. Um, you know, we we had so many great ones. Uh, yeah, like you said, Gretzky and Burr on the same episode, talking shit together. I mean, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, just yeah, all sorts of big you know movie stars and and athletes from all over the world. And uh, you were riding with the great Brendan Lynch. Yeah, who is someone uh, I wish would uh, roast battle again. I don't think it's his thing anymore, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know if we'll see, if we'll see him back. Brendan's, uh, insanely talented. He's very, very funny. He was an awesome dude. It's an awesome dude. Uh, what, uh, like when you guys got the notice that, uh, when a show gets canceled, are you told, Hey, that week, or are you given a couple weeks or. Okay. So this is, this is a fun story that I don't think I've, I've ever told publicly. Um, so the day our show got canceled, in this case, what happened was we had a contract for 20 episodes and HBO after, I believe the 15th episode, uh, let us know that they would not be bringing us back for a second season. So then the people in charge had the choice to either do one more episode and wrap it up early or finish out the season. Um, and they chose to end it. Uh, they, they were like, well, you know, we don't want to keep it going if it's not going to lead to anything, which is fair. And we all got paid through what would have been the end of the season. So it was great. Um, but anyway, I believe it was November 8th or thereabouts. Um, here is the timeline of my day at 11 o'clock. The official roster comes out for roast battle season two of which I was on it for the, for the prelims. So it's on like deadline.com and it's like, Comedy Central announces lineup for Roast Battle Season 2, and on there it says Pat Barker versus Robin Tran. I get very excited. I'm going to be on TV for the first time. I share it. I'm like, hey, everybody check this out. Put it on social media. That's at 11 o'clock. At 11.15, we get an email that says, all staff meeting in five minutes. Everybody has to be there. At 11.20, we have the meeting where the show gets canceled, and we're informed that we will not be coming back for a second season. By 11.25... If you clicked on the link that I posted uh, with all my good news, there is now a, a breaking news headline on the top that says any given Wednesday canceled. So essentially, that's how most of my friends and family found out was they clicked on this thing like, oh, look at this great thing for Pat. They clicked on it. And up top, it basically said breaking news. Uh, Pat Barker is unemployed. <laughs> so uh, it was it was crazy how like quickly the news got out. And who, who like, uh, tells you, like, uh, like, is an HBO executive or? or like, no, it was, it was Bill. And, wow. Bill himself. You know, I guess, uh, I guess if, uh, if a bad thing happens to a team, you know, the manager or coach is the one who uh, has to sort of gather the troops. And uh, it's a difficult, difficult little uh, speech that he had to give. Um, but, you know, that's the nature of the business. That's, that's just sort of how things work. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was a bizarre day. Well, you did great in your battle against Robin. I mean, I know we're off the roast battle talk. Thank you. I mean, thank that was you. a big, uh, you know, uh, that was a big deal to, to, for you to get it's your first TV gig. It was, it was huge. And it, uh, it honestly helped take my mind off of the any given Wednesday thing. Cause I didn't have to immediately be like, okay, fuck, what am I going to do? It was okay. Well, I'm on TV in eight days. So I have to make sure that these jokes are on point. And because Robin, uh, she's great. She's a killer. Yeah, and, she's awesome. Uh, you know, it was a great battle. I was lucky to be in the room for that one. Yeah. Uh, did that, it, just going back to Rose Battle for two seconds. Sure. Did, uh, 
how was your life uh, after that TV appearance? Did you get like better stand up gigs or? I um, it it, it just uh, yeah. I wasn't really doing stand up at the time, so I got offered some better stuff, and I I wasn't you know focused on that. And now I'm I'm back doing stand up again, but um, it definitely increased the amount of like writing work I was getting, which was good because I just lost a job. So I went from not having a full time job to getting a bunch of you know little side gigs as a result. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was great for for my notoriety and just to check it off the bucket list. You know, yeah. like when I set out to do comedy in, in 2005, like I never that was so far like removed from reality that like I, I who knows if that's ever going to be a real thing. So to have 11 plus years of, you know, hard work uh, get you onto Comedy Central, it's a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, that's the number one comedy network. It's really the only comedy network. Uh, yeah. It's like there's Comedy Central and then, uh, you know, I mean, I know Netflix has stand-up specials, but Comedy Central's, you know. To me, and to me, there's there's still something special about it. You know, I I heard some comics the other day talking about Conan, and they're like, yeah, if you do a Conan set, like, because of the way that Cable is going, like, nobody even sees it. And it's like, you get to be on fucking Conan. Like, that's special. If you get to be on The Tonight Show, that's special. I don't care what the trends are in terms of viewership and people are doing stuff on demand and nobody's watching. It doesn't matter. Like, that's just, it's it's a special thing. Like, when you get involved in your field to, like, get an opportunity to do something that everybody wants to do um it's just something you should yeah i i think nobody should ever take for granted if oh, they get I that, agree. that I chance mean, like uh k trevor wilson was uh i think uh, about a month ago was on jimmy kimmel and yeah and people were like well they don't have a lot of stand-up on jimmy kimmel like, who cares yeah who gives a fuck it doesn't i think k trevor was like all right i'm not gonna do it then if they if they don't have a lot of stand-up on it you know and he's like the nicest guy he's like a canadian version of you like you can't find a nicer guy on earth I've heard that he's a great guy. He's beyond a yeah. savage, com- a complete savage uh, when he's roasted. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, he's awesome. It's just great to see nice people get things, and uh, you know, I mean, I loved any given Wednesday. It was, you know, it's a that's the crazy thing about this business when you see a quality show like that get canceled, but yet, you know, uh, Big Brother season fifty <laughs> is on. It's like this is garbage. It's, you know, but that's the way it works in, in every business. You know, I, I, I don't buy into that whole thing where, where people are like, oh, you know, this fucking great band nobody's ever heard of. They're amazing. But, uh, you know, Nickelback is made. I mean, Nickelback makes a thing that people listen to. You know, it's, at the end of the day, like people watch Big Brother. They I like watch it. it, by the way. <laughs> full disclosure, I watch every season. I love how that's your go-to is a show that you actually watch. But yeah, I mean, we, we made a show that I'm, I'm proud of. I liked the show that we made and uh, it didn't come back for a second season. And that's just sort of the breaks. So you, you just, I learned that from working with a bunch of people cause it was my first TV show and I was working with people who have been in TV for years. And that day, like I was devastated and most of them were just like, they, they were upset, but they were pretty chill. They're like, yeah, that's the way this business works. You have a job for four months you make really good money and then you're unemployed for, you know, however long until you find your next thing. And it's, it's a scary sort of way to live. Um, you know, but it's just the nature of the business. Most shows 
don't get, you know, more than a season or two. Most pilots don't even get made into shows. Most scripts don't get made into pilots. So like whatever you're doing, the odds are really against you uh, succeeding for any sustainable period of time. So you just got to you just got to accept that and move on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I did a pilot where they probably spent uh, three or four hundred grand on, and that's a lot for a pilot. Oh yeah, but they never even pitched it. Yeah, it's crazy. It that's the, that's the craziest thing about Hollywood is how much money gets thrown around to make stuff that doesn't ever amount to anything. People yeah. people pay for scripts that they never even intend to make, you know, studios by by pilots and then, you know, pay money to get them all filmed. And then most of them never see the light of day, like the amount of money that just gets flushed down the fucking toilet out here um, is uh, is insane. Yeah, it's mind boggling. I mean, uh, they rented like this 3D camera for the final scene and there's a big production. And uh, I thought, wow, this is a great cast and like it's like what this is going to be like i'm going to be on tv soon yeah i don't think they ever pitched it it's crazy well you're you're going to be on tv soon uh for i'm dying up here right showtime once again a a thank you to roast battle yeah uh i that's why i tried to leave the show or you know temporarily leave the show sure uh in as good a way as I'm a very loyal person. Mm-hmm. Like I'm incredibly loyal. Uh, and I, you know, I also have a cartoon that's, uh, I can't really say anything about, but, uh, it's Duke 100% to roast battle. So, uh, I'm dying up here as, uh, I mean, I know everyone says this about their show. It's, it's great, but I mean, the lead actress, Melissa Leo is the Oscar winner. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Santino and, and Eric Griffin and Al Madrigal, they're, you know, they're great stand-ups and, and oh, yeah. uh, you know, very good actors. And uh, what I liked about I'm Dying Up Here is that they they used comics. Like, it was really, uh, I mean, I'm sure they had auditions to a degree, but it was like, I think they would go to Eric and Santino and Al, go, hey, who'd be a, a good guy to play a bitter late-night comic? We got the guy for you. <laughs> His name's Earl. <laughs> is is it possible that that uh, all all of your the podcast that people perceive as bitter that you've been doing recently is just you're taking your character home? Well, I mean, uh, just method acting, getting ready for your next role. Al Sims, the last four episodes, just done doing the same set. Wife left him. You're in four episodes, huh? I got a lot. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I mean, Fuck, I, look at you. Well, no, I mean, I'm I'm the furthest thing from better. Uh, I know. I'm I, just I'm messing with but, you. But, no, I, a lot of people ask me, why are you so better, dude? Life is good. You roast battled, made you a not a household name, but like uh, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, I'm just I, I guess what I don't like about stand up in Hollywood is that, uh, you know, if you're honest, you're yeah. kind of labeled as bitter. Uh, which I don't like. Like, uh, I'm just an honest person. I, right. I can lie, but like, uh, you know, if you were to ask me any question right now, I would give you the answer, like, straight up. Uh, and I, since you're like that as well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. East Coast mentality with you, like, uh, you know, we had a comic out here. Uh, I think he was from around Philly. I won't give out any names but uh, he was let's just say maybe fibbing about some credits oh yeah i was wondering i'm like who the fuck is he talking yeah 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 but like it, it, like 
you know, he was lying to the wrong guy and you because just like, you know, you know, this Philly scene and right. the East Coast scene and like uh, he was he was he was trying to convince me that he was he had lived a completely fake life that uh, I was I was sure that he hadn't uh, is, is basically what happened. He's not a bad guy. I think a cool guy. Very cool guy. I think that some people just get into that Hollywood fake it till you make it kind of thing. And they spend so much time faking it that they just start believing their own lies. Um, and I think that that's what happened. And you can, you could fake it to people who aren't from Philadelphia. Like, you know, I, I don't know anything about the comedy scene in, in Cincinnati. Right. So if some guy is like, yeah, I fucking headline, headline the, the funny bone Cincinnati and like Columbus and Cle I'd be like, that's great. Good for you. And I would buy it. But he just happened to be picking the city where I had done comedy for the better part of a decade and was immersed in that scene. And it's not a big scene. Right. Like in L.A., people all the time are like, oh, I have a friend who does comedy in L.A. Do you know so-and-so? And it no, because there's thousands of comedians out here. But in Philly, there were like 60 of us and there were two clubs. So you can't convince me like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was big in the clubs in Philly. No, you weren't because I, I was I was there. Right. I mean, I think one of the uh, fibs he might. You know, what I love about the comedy store specifically is mm -hmm. like it's the best of the best up there, like the comics, the bullshitters. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it really is. It's another la it's the NHL yeah. or whatever you want to call it a bullshitting. Right. So you might be a good bullshitter in Orange County <laughs> or Long Beach or like Philly. Uh -huh. But, you know, you come to the comedy comedy store it's like you get weeded out real fast oh totally so uh and i'll never understand the point of lying to other comics because if anybody's gonna sniff it out it's gonna be other comics yeah and the save same that shit for the people at your day job right you want to convince them that you're a big deal that's fine but like you know you're not you're not gonna bullshit me or earl like that's that's crazy i mean i'm pretty you know when he told me he was a regular at the cellar i'm like Man, that sounds, uh, I guess it could be believable, but it's uh, a lofty credit. I mean, that's like me going to New York and saying, uh, I don't know, uh, giving some wacky lie that's like uh, pretty easy to find out if it's true or not. Sure. And New York's hardcore with their, uh, they weed you out maybe even quicker than we do out here. Because uh, I think in New York, seems to me it's, it's taken much more seriously. Like if you're hacky yes. in New York, yeah. you'll get the you blacklist in LA. Everybody just kind of allows it. Well, I think we're all in our, such in our own bubble of, uh, you know, so many people are also acting and, and I think New York is more of a stand-up town. Definitely. In uh, LA has got amazing stand-ups, but like there's not necessarily the acting bug out there. Yeah. Uh, but here it's like people are trying to get on the show type show or, uh, you know, HBO. And, and so their focus isn't stand-up solely yeah totally i mean i my focus wasn't really on writing until i got out here because coming from the east coast like it's just stand up right so i got out here and i just did stand up and then you know people who knew the deal were like you need to diversify a little bit like you it's like that old mitch hedberg joke where he's like you know you work your ass off to be a good stand up and then the they're like uh well, give me a script like what have you do you act he's like it's like if you worked your ass off to be a great chef and then they were like can you farm <laughs> you know it's the same kind of deal i mean that's what la is so you just adapt to it well it's true because uh i've taken meetings or whatever and they're like hey you're a great stand-up but uh you know they're basically looking at you going there's not a lot of money in stand-up if you're not no true uh you know like it's like oh what do you want me to do uh, well create something 
Right. Uh, it's like, well, why don't you help me create something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll but handle the stand up. It's it, but it's it's di- it's difficult to sort of make that that leap. But once you do, like you know, oh, it's great. Yeah, and yet you, you have you have to do it. Yeah, you definitely have to diversify. I mean, Rob Schneider gave me the best advice, and he's like, just become so good that they can't deny wanting to work with you. Right. And it's like, I'm sure people are like, well, no shit, Earl. But it helps to have someone like that kind of reinforce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I say all the time, like, when when you get an assignment, anything that could be any sort of break, like, you better better hit a home run because there's a whole bunch of people out here who can hit singles. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't ever set out to, like, hit a single. Uh, because you're so easily replaceable. There's the supply and demand curve is so fucked up. There's so many comedians and so few opportunities that if you get an opportunity, like you, you better work your ass off. Yeah. And then just getting back to roast battle for a second, like it blows my mind when someone has an opportunity to do a battle and Jeff Ross is in the room and you know, whoever else is judging with them and, and they like clearly didn't prepare and it's like what are you doing you know look at what this show's done for all of us it's like, yeah it's gotten you on hbo yep and comedy central got me on comedy central and showtime and a, a unnamed cartoon network you know? i hear it has a great creator yeah um and uh <clears throat> when it's hot out you like to go for a good swim <laughs> uh so i mean you literally uh can like your life can change or at least be a lot better uh, you know, if you take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, so it just blows me away. Like I, there was one battler, I think one of the last battles I saw a Hispanic dude, mm-hmm. you, you could tell he was just fucking around up there at one point. He just sits down on the, the chair and right. like kind of like, it's like, what are you doing, dude? Jeff Ross is right there. It's like Comedy Central's number one guy. Like, yeah. I mean, well, you would th- listen, you would think that would be common sense. But like, honestly, that's one of the reasons I'm glad that I waited so long to move because I didn't move to L.A. till I was 30. Smart move. <clears throat> well, I spent the first two years regretting it because I, I was having a hard time getting a break and I'm seeing all these young kids like hashtag comedy grinding and hitting fucking five mics in a night and everything. And I'm like, man. I should have moved when I was 22. I wasted so much time in Philly, blah, 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 blah. But then when things started happening and I started taking advantage of opportunities, that's where I was like, oh, that's the veteran experience. That's the savvy. That's recognizing an opportunity and taking advantage of it. And like, I think if somebody's sitting down at roast battle, it's because they're too young and dumb most of the time to realize what a good opportunity it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but it's just like, man, wake up. Because there's 20 other young kids behind Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Who are either better looking, funnier, or what is... And sometimes being funny is not, you know, necessarily the, what they're looking for. This but. city has no shortage of people who are talented and willing to work hard. Yeah, I mean... Uh, so, yeah, you better fucking bring it. Yeah, take advantage of, you know... That's why when I see some people at the comedy store... And, you know, it's late night. Maybe the crowd's not exactly the hottest or whatever, but you don't know who's in that room. Yeah. You know, every time I go up there, whether, you know, obviously you want it to be full and whatnot, but I give it my all. And sometimes I still bomb in there, but like, you know, it's just mind blowing to me that, you know, when you're put in a position to, you know, you never know who's in the room. Yeah. And I mean, and the comedy store is just such like hallowed ground. Oh, it's like, to have an opportunity to go up in the original room at arguably the best club in the country, definitely one of the top two or three. Uh, I think it's the best, but you know, people have their opinions, but to be able to get that opportunity to do that is like, 
Yeah. 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 You shouldn't disrespect it. But even like on, on potluck, uh, and and the, on Monday nights in the friends and family portion of the show, I see certain people like, you know, maybe Adam's in the room, maybe he's not, but like, there's a lot of working comics in the room. Uh, sure. You, you know, uh, and I see some people kind of half ass it. I'm like, you know, you don't get a lot of cracks at that stage. Right. Uh, so there's just, if I can get a message from 17 years of comedy, anyone listening, be prepared. Every time you hit the stage, you never know who's watching. You might be in a room full of open micers, but one of those open micers is going to make it. I remember when Adam Devine was not a door guy at the improv. He was a ticket guy. Like he would sit in the booth and now look at him hosting the MTV awards. Yep. That's a great message. And be nice to everyone. It ain't that fucking hard. No. And I mean, you should do it just because that's the way people should be. Oh, absolutely. But. If if you're if you're shitty enough where you need a, a reason to, to be nice to people, that's a pretty good reason. Just be transparent and be nice to them, and you know. Yeah, I mean that's in part how I got on the Showtime show. Uh, I I, I want to mention the guy's name, but maybe he doesn't want to be mentioned. So I sure. Won't. Uh, but you know they were sitting in a writers meeting. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure what was said, but it was probably along like, hey, we need a guy to be a bitter late night, you know, kind of character. This guy mentioned my name. He didn't have to, but it's because I've always been nice to him. Yep. Uh, and, and just uh, karma came back to. Yeah. And then you get on a roll and the gigs multiply because with every new gig, you're in front of 10 other people. And then if one of them recommends you for something like, yeah, I'm at the point now where I get a call or an email literally like every week or two where it's like, hey, so-and-so recommended you for this job. Do you want to do this job? Yeah. And it's word spreads. Word of, word of mouth is the best for everybody who's like really like updating their website and shit and like you know uh you can you can have all the business cards you want but word of mouth is the most powerful thing and being here. liked uh, you yeah know, is so key I've, I've seen many comics some big names don't get work because it's like eh, we don't want to work with this guy or girl they might be the funniest person for the gig but we're gonna work with that guy instead because he's just he'll do his job he'll show up on time he'll he'll knock out the lines and it's no you know when you're at the level of hbo or showtime or comedy central you know they want the job to go easy yeah like in terms of it's it's hard work i mean how how many hours a day were you working on that show uh well and that show was interesting because it was a weekly show that was a half an hour and 25 minutes of it were interviews so, so uh you know there there wasn't a ton of like really hardcore writing going on uh in terms of like writing scripts like you you would do that a couple hours a week but i would spend the you know the entire like the entire week researching and coming up with ideas to pitch in meetings and like you know, I was I was working really hard with that show. And then, you know, you have other sort of gigs on the side. I mean, even now, as I'm unemployed, like writing to me is a full time job. That's what I do. That's what I do. I'm working on different projects and stuff like that, because, you know, you got to put in you got to put in the time. Oh, yeah. And you have to always, uh, I think, be looking to the next gig, even like, yeah, you know, I think some people think that certain shows are going to last forever. And no show lasts forever. Nope. Uh, you know, except for Big Brother. <laughs> that shit's going. <laughs> like, they just had auditions at the end of the street for season 700. Hilarious. Uh, so, you know, it, it's like 
Uh, yeah, for every one Friends or South Park or Seinfeld or something that's on for a good like eight to ten to twenty years, like there's a thousand shows that get canceled four episodes in. Yeah, because nowadays it's like there's so many uh, entertainment options with Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and mm-hmm. and I mean I have Direct TV. It's literally five six hundred channels. Yeah, uh, if you don't grab them. Uh, Literally within two episodes, you're gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I'll tell you, now that I understand the business a little bit more, like I used to come to Roast Battle and Moses would introduce judges uh, by like just as a ball busting thing. He'd be like, he wrote for this show. It got canceled. He did this thing. It got canceled. Make it loud for this guy. And I'm like, I, it, I, I felt bad for him because I'm like, man, I wouldn't want somebody introducing me by like my failed credits. But then some, you do something and it doesn't work out and you realize that's not an indictment of you. You didn't do anything necessarily wrong. And that's just the way the business is. So now when Moses is like, yeah, he wrote for HBO and then his show got canceled. I wear that as like a badge of honor because it's still something I did. Something I didn't do. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would love to say I wrote on an HBO show. Uh, I mean, Robin Tran told me uh, that joke before the battle about the oh, cleaning up the desk, and I, I laughed my ass. Tell the joke. I don't want to butcher the joke, but the joke was uh, Pat just got fired, and it was the, the wound was so fresh; it was a week old. Pat just got fired, uh, or Pat just uh, Pat's show just got canceled. Uh, writing for Bill Simmons, uh, you finally got an hour from HBO, and it was to clean out your desk. That, she told me that joke. I'm like, that's either your opener or the closer. I was uh, rocked when she hit that. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that was like a Buster Douglas uppercut. Yeah, I should say Tyson uppercut, but I'm a Douglas man. <laughs> I've heard the podcast. I know James Buster. What what did you do? <laughs> that was a uh, <clears throat> yeah. That was that was an incredible one. Um, and like I said, it was so. The, the wound was so fresh that I was like, oh, man, that one kind of hurts a little. But Robin would love to say she worked on an HBO show. Like, uh, I would love to have. Sure. Uh, I know when Steve Byrne is a judge, uh, you know, people hit him on Sullivan and Sons. It's like, I would love to have a show on TBS for three seasons. Oh, my God. And people hit Tony Hinchcliffe for his net Netflix special. And yeah. it's like everybody who hits him would love to have a Netflix special. Yeah. What I Well, it's something like uh, like the. I mean, Brendan Lynch told me you you really. I saw him once at Seven Eleven in West Hollywood, mm-hmm. and uh, I always enjoy talking to him because he's a straight shooter. Yep, uh, and he just has that Christian Bale, American Psycho, <laughs> just like there's n- like the man behind the mask, and he's like, you know, you want to hurt someone, don't insult their looks, don't insult you know their wife, don't insult their family insult their comedy if you really want to hurt their feelings yeah and uh you know so specials are ripe you know tony's special like people always go after but it's like hey i don't think you should go after his special unless you have one that's doing better right but that's like goes back to how i view the roast battle rankings like i wouldn't insult your tv writing because i've i don't have a credit like an hbo show so i don't feel it's uh you know, I don't think I'm qualified to say, well, Pat's show got canceled. Well, I didn't even have a show to get canceled. Right. So if you don't like Tony's special, get one. I mean, I really admire Tony. You know, a lot of people don't realize that he filmed that himself. Yep. And he, you know, I don't know what happened. He sold it to Netflix on his own. Like, that's even, that's incredible. That's like, 
I'm all about that. That no, a hundred, a hundred percent, and you know, I. But at the end of the day, it's it's fair game. Because, Absolutely, because you know, and I've I've been guilty of this, and I hate taking this angle. But since I got the HBO thing, like if I battle somebody who hasn't done what I've done necessarily, uh, I I usually have a joke or two in there about what a failure their comedy career has been. So if I'm going to like rip on them, I think it's fair game for them to get back at me and be like, well, you did a thing, but uh, I thought it sucked. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> so, you know, I, mean, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Oh, no. I mean, I uh, I don't think anything's uh, we always are coming back to roast battle in little snippets. Of course. But, uh, it's because it's like done so much for you. This and is I. our wor- people. People don't understand this. I have friends back home. They can't possibly understand what roast battle means to the people in that community um, because. I, people back in Philly think it's just a show and like I write for the blog and stuff like that and they're like why you know people make fun of me like why do you put all this time into it it's because it's not just a show it is literally the thing that changed my life it got me an HBO job yeah the HBO job gave me enough money to be able to afford IVF treatments which I needed to have a kid okay so I was a full-time Uber driver slash stand-up comic barely make an ends meet want to have a family uh, my wife and I go through our, our situation, uh, you know, with the miscarriage, we need IVF. It's $17,000. It's not covered by any insurance. And we got, uh, and I'll, I'll talk more about this at the end, but like we got a very generous, like partial grant. But the fact is the HBO job, which I got because of roast battle allowed me to be able to afford the IVF treatment. So I'm going to get to have a family. So like, yeah, I, 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 I take roast battle very seriously. And yeah, we circle back to it a lot because it's not like just a goofy fun thing. It's literally changed both of our lives. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I uh, am so in love with the show, even though, you know, I'm just let's just say I took a vacation from it. I love for the most part, everyone on it. It's done. I mean, Moses is, uh, you know, the ultimate team player. He doesn't need uh, a haters table or, the wave he you know he could have been like i want the spotlight to be on me and like i can't every time i see him i thank him to be honest with you yeah uh, and you know i've been accused on this podcast of talking about the show too much but like you you once again you said it much better than i could have ever said it like it's like i I'm spe- literally almost speechless of what it's done for me. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> if you have a thing that changed your life, like I don't get mad at religious people because they're like, yeah, I started believing in Jesus and I quit drinking and I got my family back. I'm not going to be like, well, stop talking about religion. Like it's obviously a, a big deal to them. And then I have this thing that took me out of an Uber car and into a writer's room. Yeah. Like, of course I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, it's been it's got me my last two girlfriends. Uh, also, <laughs> and my lost, lost you me your my last, last two girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, roast uh, battle giveth and roast battle oh, taketh it, away. It uh, certainly did, uh, big time. Uh, another uh, bit of advice: don't battle a girlfriend. It's just doesn't work out. No, I don't know why anybody does that shit. Well, I think uh, in both no cases, for me, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, in, in uh, the first girl's case, I would, I just think we were like, yeah, let's just do it for the. We wanted the attention, of course, to be honest with you. And then in the uh, second uh, lady's case, uh, I really thought uh, she was the best roaster at that time, and she's still she's amazing. Uh, oh yeah, she's incredible. And I I just wanted to see I just want to see how I would do against the best. Yeah, and uh, you know, but in theory, like. 
you know, and, and Don Barris uh, tried to talk me out of the second one. He's like, yeah, dude, you know, it's just, you know, one of you is going to take something the wrong way. Sure. Even if you put on the happy face about it. And uh, I think we both did. I think there was a joke made about the size of my forehead. And I remember literally the next day looking in the mirror for two hours going, oh, my God, am I balding? Am I balding? Do I have a big forehead? I, I mean, I was going online looking up Rogaine treatments or, or you know, whatever. And I'm sure uh, I can't speak for her, but I'm sure maybe I said something about her. It's like, oh, my God, is, did, yeah. do I have this on my whatever? And uh, so, uh, you know, I've definitely learned to, uh, you know, I think I'm going to stick to just roasting uh, men. It's a good idea. It's a good when when you're in, when you're in a relationship with somebody like that. It's like that's the last thing you want to hear. Like my yeah. wife, my wife said something to me like a week ago that like bothered me for like three days. Uh, we were talking about because I have I have uh, undiagnosed ADHD. It's diagnosed by her because she's a behavior analyst. Um, and uh, she told me she's like, yeah, you have you have ADHD. Which what does I, that mean? Uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, and I don't have the kind where like I'm running around bouncing off the walls, but like my mind is going a million miles a minute. I have a hard time focusing on shit, which I think is pretty common for comedians. Yeah. I think if you talk to most comedians, that would be a trend across the board. Um, and I know that sometimes that makes me you know difficult i guess to live with if if she comes home and she has an important story to tell me and within two minutes i've zoned out and i'm thinking about like name 30 ice cream flavors go you know or whatever the fuck i'm doing um but we were having a conversation about it and uh she just said in passing she's like yeah you know it's 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 hard to live with sometimes and i was like oh my god like it really hurt me i was like am i like a bad like husband like I didn't think it got to that point where she would acknowledge like, yeah, it's hard to live with, but of course it is. Of course it is. But when she said that, I was like, oh my God. So I can't even imagine getting in the roast battle ring and having somebody viciously attack. Like that was just something she said in passing and it, 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 you know, hurt me. So if she was really going for the the throat, oh my God, no, yeah. fuck that. Well, yeah. I mean, then, uh, I think in the second case we really did, did go for the throat, uh, and uh, it's definitely, uh, if I could invent a hot tub time machine, I would go back and uh, just maybe we could have just hated that night at the battles. But, uh, you know, what can you do? It was a lot of fun. <laughs> you got a classic battle out of it. Well, you got to think I, we did. And, uh, you know, uh, it's a short term buzz, but uh, I think uh, you got to think long term. Yeah. Uh, in regards to that. Uh, but you know, it's just roast battles just done so much for everyone. And I mean, uh, it's just the gift that keeps on giving and we'll keep on, you know, it's like six degrees of separation. You'll get another job that, you know, maybe someone saw you on the HBO show and they, yep. they wouldn't have seen you unless, you know, it's like, that's how I got the, uh, cartoon just, just randomness of them seeing me a roast battle and, same. I filmed for NFL Network like a month ago because they saw me at the Doug Fager battle. There was an NFL Network executive there and, you know, he came up and uh, they're they're located uh, in New Jersey, which is where I was born. And he just came up. We started talking New Jersey. So I didn't even know <clears throat> that he was an executive. 
Which I think helps too, because he came up and didn't identify himself. He was just a guy. He's like, hey, I'm from New Jersey. And we started talking about New Jersey. And I think that's where if you're not like a nice, like we talked about just being nice to everybody, I think some people might have blown him off. They might have been like, yeah, cool, dude. Like, fuck, I'm not going to talk to you. Uh, You know, the emotion of the battle or whatever. And I just started talking to him. And then, you know, five minutes into the conversation, he's like, by the way, I'm an executive with the NFL Network. Like, we'd love to have you on like one of these shows. Um, like a talking head, uh, top 10. Right. Um, and you know, he, he brought me in for that and that was, that was great. That's another thing that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's amazing, but that's why, that's why you work hard and treat everybody right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I had a similar situation where I think after uh, my battle with Benji, uh, this guy comes up to me and he's talking about documentaries and, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, my favorite documentary is uh, this thing called Cocaine Cowboys, which I think is the greatest documentary of all time. It, the, I mean, there's two. The second one's great, you know, but the first one was just like, wow. And and I see the guy's eyes light up, and he's like, that's my documentary. It was Billy Corbin. No shit. And I'm like, but it was the same thing where he didn't say, hey, I'm Billy Corbin. Uh, right. He, just, he was just talking sports and uh uh, you know, uh, I think we started talking about MMA cause he also did an MMA documentary. About, yeah. Uh, background, um, not background, um, backyard MMA fights in Florida. <laughs> and it was really amazing. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't know who this guy was. And, yeah. Uh, just the people we get to meet. It's another side bonus of like roast battle, like getting to meet Dennis Rodman and, and, you know, Corey Feldman. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it's just, I have a lot of love for that show, Roast Battle. Yeah, so. you and me both. And I want to take a, a second to point out Please. something uh, very important. Uh, neither of us are are very successful. No. Right? We're, we're venturing into a thing on the, the podcast where I'm like, yeah, I got this cool thing. And you're like, yeah, I got a cool thing, too. I want to reset the room a little bit right now uh, because I definitely don't want to seem like a guy who's like doing the L.A. fake thing. But I don't think you are, though. And I don't think people... Uh, we're, I think we're doing the opposite of the LA thing is we're showing so much gratitude. Yeah, totally. Towards, I just get uncomfortable talking about any successes that I've had. I always feel like I have to like even it out by being like, I am currently still unemployed. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm a complete nobody in the comedy. Right. So I, anybody listening, please don't think that we think that we're more important than we are. Oh, listen, I know my place in the world. It's Uh, important to be grounded, but it's all. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause, uh, like my mom said, uh, I was raised by uh, very strange parents, uh, <laughs> uh, strange but effective. Right. Uh, she actually said this to me when I was like 13. She's like, Earl, don't be cocky because there's always someone in the room with a bigger dick. And uh, in your case, I don't know how accurate that is. Well, I have the, seen big, the headshot. Well, I mean, Jamar, uh, but even just going on dick size, you think, wow. <laughs> Earl's gotta have the right. biggest dick. You never have the biggest dick in roast battle. Yeah, nobody. Jamar has a bigger one, uh-huh. and Haiti might even be bigger than Jamar's. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say that. Uh, so, <clears throat> you know, uh, I am a in the world of stand-up comedy or, or the entertainment business. I'm a complete nobody. To show you how humble I am, I was number eighty-two on the call sheet for I'm dying up here. 82. Wow. So believe me, I know 
my place. ADT, you're rocking one of those spring training numbers. Oh, yeah. This was <laughs> like, uh, if there was triple digit numbers, they probably would have right. given it to me. Right. So, uh, you know, Pat is more humble than I am. So it's, but he was on an HBO show. So it's, and he was one of the main writers. It's not, uh, we're really bringing up what we've been up to. Yeah, uh, just thanking roast battle. For, yeah, 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 um, yeah. That, that's and, and and as long as it as long as it circles back to that. Oh, absolutely. I uh, get on my knees. I mean, I would almost say roast battle in part is the reason why I got passed at the comedy store. Uh, sure, because uh, didn't uh, hurt. Yeah, it didn't hurt. I mean, Adam, uh, who was the talent coordinator at the store, had had seen me uh, in 2011 opening up for Rob Schneider. This goes back to being nice. Mm-hmm. 2011, I'm an even bigger nobody than I am now. Right. Which is saying something. <laughs> I mean, you, you really, I mean, I, I, you know, you can't get any more unknown than me. I mean, if my career fell on the force, I don't think anyone were here. <laughs> uh, but 2011, I'm just a loser opener for Rob Schneider. Right. 10 minutes, bring up Jeff Richards, Rob Schneider. Uh, Adam was the manager there. Mm-hmm. Paige, the booker at the improv was a co-manager there point being i was very nice to both of them i had in my mind it was like i'll never see these people again but i'm going to be nice to just i'm just nice yeah and look at six years later one ends up being the booker at the comedy store the other the booker at the one of the best clubs in the country the improv yeah it gets back to what me and pat were talking about be nice because you should be nice yes don't be nice because you know i was nice to adam it's not like I thought, well, in six years, he might be the booker at the comedy store because Tommy's going to get fired for whatever he got fired for. It just worked out. The car- I believe in karma big time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do, too. I didn't used to. I, uh, bad things started happening to me. Oh, that's that's what got that's what got you believing in it. To be honest with you, uh, you know, do I, you feel like you had done bad things and the bad karma was what caused those things to happen to you? Now I do like uh, I had, uh, maybe uh, cheated on a lady uh, or two. Okay. I'm certainly not bragging about that. It's the worst thing in the world to do. Right. Uh, I mean, it really is the, and then I was cheated on and uh, it, it probably still has affected me uh, years later. So yeah. I look at that as just uh, the karmic gods saying, all right, we're going to show you how the other side of cheating feels. Right enjoy it so uh you know i would i was i was really lucky to be raised by a father whose best quality and he had a lot of them but his best quality was um his just morals and ethics i mean he was the guy who and he, he took it to insane degrees where like he would get too much change on you know 20 miles away from our house and then realize it when, when we got home and we had to hop back in the car and drive back to the store to give the $5 back. Right. Like he was that guy. And I, that was the biggest thing that I picked up from him was just like, yeah, that's the way, that's the way you handle it. That's why like, if I, you know, um, if, if something, if something like that happens to me, if a, if a beer vendor at the, the the ball game gives me too much change, I'll chase him five sections over to give him his money back because that's you don't you don't want his drawer to come up short at the end of the night or whatever. So, you know, my dad uh, taught me a lot of stuff like that. So I don't know if it's if, if, if it's karma. I guess I, I guess I I believe in karma. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, like, uh, and maybe I'm just the older I get, the more uh, aware I am of certain things. And like I had uh, I won't say uh, who or what, but I had, uh, you know, it was a friend of mine had a bad breakup with a girl. Uh, the girl wanted to get back at him mm. and uh, she knew me and uh, this guy were very good friends. So she um, essentially messaged me, hey, I. I hate to use this language, but it's what she texted me. I want to fuck you to get back at so-and-so. Yeah. So I literally said, come over. <clears throat> she came over and I spoke to her for two hours on this couch saying, you don't want to do this. Nice. For a minute. I, I no, was no, shocked. I, I thought you were going to do it. No, no. I didn't, uh, Oh, no. Yeah. You don't want to do For that. two hours, I said, uh, you know, you just, it's not going to make you feel better. Uh, one, I'm not going to do that to a friend. Right. Uh, uh, and he never would have known. Uh, or, or maybe she would have told him. I don't know. But, oh, she would have uh, told him. How uh, else could she get back at him without him knowing? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know. But regardless, true. even if he wouldn't have known, it, yeah. it wouldn't have been the right thing. Wouldn't have made me feel any better. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, there was another comic she wanted to get back at this guy with. I, 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 I don't know what happened there. But point being, uh, this dude... Hooked me up with an amazing gig. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I saying if I would have fucked his ex, he wouldn't have hooked me up with a gig? Maybe, maybe not. Right. But uh, that's, you know, I'm very much into karma now. I could be wrong. I, I dig know. it. No, I think it's a good way to live your life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I hooked uh, Moses up with a gig about a year ago, uh, you know, just out of love. And then, you know, he got, I, I think he got the gig and, you know, it just... Uh, I love hooking people up. Oh, it's one of the coolest things when you finally have an opportunity to actually do that. Yeah, it's like <laughs> half the reason I host ro uh, not roast battle uh, potluck on Monday nights. Yeah, uh, I love getting people like you, Nicole Bacan, and I know it's only three minutes. It's not like no, it's three, huge. But I mean, it's not like getting on in the OR in front of like a packed crowd. Yeah, I mean, and fuck, Adam yeah. It's, it's amazing. And Nicole Bacanon and uh, I'll yeah, I'll never not be appreciative of that. You That's, know, Tom Goss, like people I can't really do anything for other than to here, here's three minutes and hopefully someone's watching. Uh, yeah. I just love spreading the love. Yeah. You and me both. I, th I think it's a great way to go through life, but you're like the nicest dude. And that's why you get so much good shit to me. Like, you know, you're always respectful. You're always like humble and you're a fucking savage in roast battle. Oh yeah. Thanks man. But I, it's, you know, it's just like, I wish everyone were like you. Well, yeah, then it wouldn't be interesting. But I think it would be. <laughs> you need some assholes to keep keep everybody on oh, their yeah. toes. I'm not I mentioning guess. names, you know. Mm. It's the No Names podcast. Yeah, you know. But like, you reap what you sow in this world, and you know when it's. I don't think it's an accident. You see Pat getting constant work, or you know, uh, Jerron Horton getting constant work. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, he's like like he's a super super good dude jeff amaral who's uh not necessarily ingrained in roast battle as much as like, i met him through the, through the show yeah such he, a good dude yeah and, seems like it and always uh you know uh looking out for people and anna valenzuela is like you know amazing yeah uh you know nicole buchanan is like super nice and you know just justine marino like there's so that's what i love about roast battles like it for the most part it's a great community yeah and then in new york i'm counting new york in there as well like you know we all you know look out for each other 
So May 23rd, belly room. It kills you to to not to not say the names that you want to say, doesn't it? Um, listening to that hour and a half podcast of you talking about something, because I'm going to, I'm going to break it to you. We all know who you're talking about. There's no more mystery behind it. We I, all know. You know I we all know. Don't like giving, uh, you know, and I'm sure this dude doesn't give a shit. Uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, there, there, there was, uh, I think Moses, uh, says it before every roast battle, uh, there's uh, one rule of roast battle, no physical contact. I would like to make an addendum to that rule where uh-huh. jokes have to be factual. Right. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, in roast battle, perception's reality, especially in the belly room or uh, in the roast battle related show. So it's like if you, uh, I'm trying to think of a, uh, that's not the best example, and once again, you you'd be much better at this. But okay, you know, if you and I are battling, sure, and we will one day. Oh yeah, I mean it's. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna. Happen. I'm scared to battle you and Fager and Toby. Uh, yeah, I'm really scared to battle anyone. Like that's what drives me to like not be embarrassed. I don't want to be embarrassed. That's what makes you good at it. Yeah, if you're if you're not scared, you're fucking up. Yeah, uh, but you know, if you and I are battling, and maybe you have a joke uh, about me having a small dick, uh, and I'm like instantly shoot back. Well, ask your wife; she'd beg to differ. Right, right. I think that, and once again, this is not the best example. No, I I I, I dig that example. I think the whole room is going to instantly think, "Did Earl fuck Pat's wife?" Right. I, whatever before they got married or whatever uh and then you know that's could potentially cause a problem between you and you your didn't lovely did wife. you no no okay well if the just... baby comes out wearing a hockey jersey <laughs> uh but you know like uh-huh. you're gonna ask her probably at some point you you know hook up. <laughs> right, right, and, right and it's good and of course she's gonna say no because it didn't happen but in the back of your mind it might be like if this person apologized to you would would you accept the apology or would you how would you feel about that i mean to be honest um he kind of uh probably in his mind tried to apologize to me in the comedy store kitchen one night okay and uh you know it was you know the damage has been done uh right you know um so it's past the point of no return there's nothing well, he could because, say at this point uh, the 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 other, I, you know, you know, if you care enough about this story, you know who I'm talking about. So, it, like, I don't like mentioning names just because they're not here to like, whatever. Uh, you know, uh, I still haven't talked to the other person since that joke was told. So, uh, talk to the person that he was battling. Yes. So, gotcha. And you know, once again, if you know, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. If you follow the show, you know who I'm talking about. Right. But, uh, so, you know. He could apologize. He could call me tonight. He could put out a Facebook post. Hey, man, uh, I, I did a joke uh, in my battle. Uh, it wasn't true. I'm sorry. However, he would phrase it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry I involved uh, Earl. It, 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 the joke wasn't true. Or, or however he would. It's like, well, you know, now it's in everyone's mind. I mean, I still get asked about the joke. Yeah. Uh, so if I if I am bitter, it is definitely about that. Uh, you know, I was in. Uh, a talent agency's office a couple weeks, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. 
mulling over some business proposals. And, of course, uh, as successful people like us do. Well, no, I, <laughs> listen. I, I, no, I got you. I got you. 14 years, I was a complete nobody. Now right, I'm right, like right. still a nobody, but like with some prospects. Yeah. Uh, this is at a fairly large agency. You know, meetings going great. Hey, let's talk tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. I get up and the guy says, hey, uh, I got some people in the office who are big fans of Rose Battle. They, they want to come in and meet you. I was like, what? It's like when Dr. Ken asked to take a picture with me. It's like, what? Right. That's so surreal. I mean, it was like, uh, I'm a huge Dr. Ken fan. He's a pro wrestling fan, so he gets what I'm doing. Right. Long story short, the people in the office are like, Hey, can we ask you a question about roast battle? I'm thinking, hey, what's it like to battle Jimmy Carr or, or K. Trevor Wilson or Tiana? And now these are their words, not mine. Right. Hey, uh, you're not the guy, the big guy I was talking about cheating on uh, so-and-so, right? That's so crazy to me. And I'm like, literally, I went from being in this certain agency's office right you're on top of the world like i've never been like yeah like this should be the greatest fucking hour of my life and it and all comes literally, crashing down. i'm like uh, uh you know i stuttered my right, way right, right. and uh you know at my gym a couple weeks ago around the same time i was asked basically the same question so i mean that's why i'm so fucking to be honest with you like uh yeah i would hate that i would hate to have that 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 I mean, that shows me that like a lot of people were at because that didn't make TV, right? Well, that didn't was make just TV. But uh, I, I know there were a couple hundred people in the house. So, well, yeah. And then like, you know, in that particular battle, I'm sitting like, essentially with the judges. But not, I mean, maybe a, a foot behind Dr. Ken. Right. And I'll just never forget, like, as soon as the joke was said, uh, most of the left side of the room went like this to me. I, I was I was one of them. Yeah, but like that's like I I knew the joke wasn't true, so I wasn't looking like not not Earl. That can't be true. But I was like, oh well, it's clear who he's talking about. But it was right. It was a you know he might as well just said my name. I mean, I think right. he said so and so's last forty eight year old boyfriend. <laughs> like, okay, uh, once you say uh, who has a Dodge Red Magnum and loves a kiss, I mean, you know, right? I don't want people like you. I give a shit. Yeah about what people think about me now maybe that's i'm in the wrong business no you and me both i'm i'm right there with you uh so that i mean that's like why i still almost talk about it on every podcast i do like uh, when i do other people's podcasts it's the first line of questioning uh so i i just think that you know it's, it's an important part of your life i get it and it's it sounds like it's affecting shit outside of Outside of, uh, you know, just roast battles. So I mean, like, if it was true, I don't like th that's right, what right, I love right. about roast battle. Like, uh, it, you know, uh, if it's true, I own it. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's just like it's it's caused problems for me and it, it's still lingering. Uh, so it's just, uh, you know, that's crazy. Also, fuck those people. Fuck those people in that office for, for being like you meet you meet somebody who you're a fan of. And that's your go-to thing. Like, yeah. even if you're curious, like, I'm curious if, uh, if Eddie Murphy, you know, fuck that, uh, you know. Divine Brown. Yeah. Oh, Hugh Grant. My bad. But sorry, uh, Eddie. Uh, you yeah. Sorry, Eddie. Well, you know, but the point is, like, if I, if I meet somebody, like, I, I'm a fan of Kobe Bryant. Like, if I meet him, 
I'm not going to be like, hey, man, huge fan. Like what happened in that Colorado hotel room? Well, like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that just out of like it seems like a dick thing to do. I mean, I just, uh, you know, uh, I, I still get asked about the fucking joke. Right. Like, uh, you know, when I see people like you and, and uh, like Leah Lamar was, I think, sitting around you who I love, like I'm very good friends with her. Like, I, you know, just like. I want people thinking I'm some scummy dude. Yeah, I don't think anybody think. I don't think anybody who's met you thinks that. That's why it surprises me that people come up to you. Uh, but I guess they're not. They don't know you, right? So because like anybody know. who knows you, I there was. I haven't talked to one comic who was like, "Hey, by the way, did Earl really do that?" Like we all know. I mean, but I even had a, an executive uh, from you know, uh, let's just say close to the show, right? Uh, Asked me, you know, it's like really. I mean, that you know, now you're talking like you know that goes to you know being liked in this business and wanting to you know, I mean, like if you're known as a scummy guy, it's like that could possibly cost you a gig. So no, I, I I feel I feel you on that. I, I I was I was just wondering, like you know, it's it's interesting to me that. He has reached out and to made, a degree, to I a mean, degree. He tried to, um, in my view, bullshit his way out of it. And it's like this goes back to what we were talking about an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a comedy store. Like, right. You know, you you guy or girl, you know, and I've seen it a lot. You know, the guy, the dude from Philly was like trying to, you know, bullshit his way. It's like, you know, I've been doing stand up for 16 years before I did that, I hung out with all agents and managers at the highest level. So I've been schooled on the art of bullshit detection yeah. by the best. Uh, you know. Right. So he was like, oh, man, oh, man, you know, I wasn't really talking about you. It was just like kind of a general, like, come on, dude. Yeah. You know, like. You, you, you sniffed it out. You know, just say, hey, man, I got caught up in the moment. You know, I'm sorry. You know, believe me, I get how nerve wracking you, you, you've been on Comedy Central. We've all, we've all done things that we're not necessarily proud of or, you know, in the heat of the moment. Um, yes, things that are borderline, either yeah. scummy or scummy adjacent. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like some of the jokes I did against Jesse Joyce, uh, you know, about right. his divorce and, uh, you know, Greg Giraldo was his best friend. And I, you know, I, I like, I mean, I guess I would still do those jokes again because I I knew it. He's sure a, he's an animal. So if I oh didn't, yeah 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 you ha you have to. I didn't want to do trans jokes against Robin Tran. Right, and you know I really did. I wanted to avoid that completely, but I was like I you I have just, to you have to. And like against Tiana, I held back a little bit because right. I was like, well, I, I and Sarah, I love. She's like my comedy crush. She's the best. I mean, you know. I, I can't say enough nice things about her, but, uh, you know, in the roast battle jungle, I kind of held back a little. It's all right, dude. Believe me, water spilled water all over. I'm sure this couch is worse right than now. water. <laughs> I'm doing you a favor. I'm cleaning this, this thing. Water right is the least of this couch. I don't problems. even want to know what's been on this couch. Uh, uh, if you can imagine it, it's been on it. Uh, <laughs> but against like Tiana, I held yeah. back. A, two, a little bit uh, in the beginning and uh, you know it, it lost me the battle sure so uh, you know but so that's why you know if I, if I am bitter it, it still is about that situation um, and then the t the title match is just sort of the icing on the cake I mean uh, is that fair like if you if you had to narrow it down to one well I oh boy uh, 
It's tough. It's pretty. Uh, I guess I would say the uh, the joke that wasn't factual. Uh, I care about more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but the the title match. Uh, I uh, you know. Uh, I, I put it this way. I would say it uh, no matter who was the challenger, like in terms of uh, I just think that. Is it fair? Let me ask you this. I mean, I, it's hard to like. Let me uh, let me ask you this. Please. Let's say number 16 or 18 or whatever. Whoever's getting the title match wasn't a person that you had a previous issue with. It was somebody that you got along with and you still felt like you deserve the title shot, but they gave it to somebody who you generally liked as a person. I would still feel uh, disrespected. Yeah, absolutely. Would you do you think you'd, you'd be taking a break from the show? <laughs> you know, uh, I, I probably would, to be honest with you, because okay. it's like uh and I loved how, you know, 40 minutes ago, I said, let's get off a roast battle. Talk. <laughs> I knew that was just temporary. Come on, man. We, it's like my vacation from we the show. Know. Yeah, this is what people want to hear. Listen, people listen to your podcast and they want to they want to hear you discuss this stuff. I get it. But, um, you know, I believe, you know, this is where you can get into. I like to try and argue factually. Like, uh, I try to leave opinions out of it and go, uh, you know, A, B, C, D. Uh, what I'm about to say is arguably uh, you can argue. Like, I think in my opinion, my last 10 opponents is is the best fight card of all time in terms of the quality. Uh, but there's a lot. You have an amazing fight card. Right. Uh, uh, Doug Fager does, uh, uh, you know, Joe Dosh. Sure, uh, sure, sure. But uh, so I feel like my strength of schedule earned me the right to okay. fight for the title. That's fair. Um, but, you know, there's I also like it, you see this problem in the UFC right now where uh, and I do equate a roast battle with the UFC, like from terms of strategy and, and whatnot. Uh, the number the champion right now is Michael Bisping. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number two guy, I think, is uh, Luke Rockhold. I don't want to lose people on like the middleweight rankings of the UFC, <laughs> but uh, the next title fight is uh, Michael Bisping, and who does a podcast with Luis J. Gomez? Oh wow! Uh, yeah, it's it's a great podcast. I was unaware. Yeah, uh, but the next fight for Michael Bisping is not Luke Rockhold. It's with George St. Pierre. Who hasn't fought in three years? Well, didn't they do that with Lesnar too? Yeah, hasn't Brock Lesnar gotten a you know a couple of like main events that maybe based on just strictly like MMA resume he didn't deserve? Well, I would say this: I equate myself to Brock Lesnar uh, in roast battle because I only do the pay per views, just like Brock. He okay, he don't do no Fox cards. So this is a pay per view dollars only, right? But he has, in my opinion, uh, and when, I don't want to like drag people into the UFC rankings, but Brock Lesnar only fought champions. Like his fight card okay. is unbelievable. Yeah, he, yeah. Only, he was five and three. Uh, so he's lost more than I have. I've only lost to <laughs> You've women. You've only lost twice. To women. Both times to women. Um, and Ty Joe Dosh. Too. 
Insa- yeah, one of the best battles ever. Well, I'm a one round way. specialist, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, you are a three rounder. You're a you're like uh, I'm like a, a hundred yard dash man. You're an ultra marathoner. <laughs> I sprint out of the gate. There. Right, right. Uh, but uh, that that's why, like, if I if I had won the title, I was like I was more comfortable facing you in a three rounder because I was like maybe the Earl effect will start to wear off by the second round because yeah, facing you in a one rounder is like basically impossible well i blow my load early in a matter of speaking uh because i start with my best jokes uh, right because i um i i believe i believe you should i i know some people save some of their great jokes uh but with me i'm like i don't know if there's gonna be a third round so i'm not gonna oh yeah yeah yeah. you know if i was facing you uh-huh. or when i face you right who knows when <laughs> things have to just things have to happen uh-huh, uh-huh. uh i would go out i would have my first six jokes would be in my mind my best f- jokes yeah and then if i get to seven through nine or or longer uh i'll worry about that when, when we get there so. I, I yeah i respect that i think that that's uh I think that's smart. Do you save some jokes? I, you ha- I, I think you have to because in the three rounders, the judges will push to three rounds no matter what. So you could beat the shit out of somebody in the first two rounds and it's going to a third round. So you better have like some great shit towards the end. So yeah, I, I think you have to you have to strategize like that. But now knowing how you do it, I, I might have to alter my strategy. We gotta. Well, I'm. We'll pe- I mean, I would write, uh, you know, along the lines of how I did. Uh, you know, I was petrified to uh, battle Olivia, so uh, you know, I wrote more jokes than I, I, I four hundred and six. Mm-hmm. But that was because the battle got delayed for a couple of reasons. Yeah, uh, you know. We don't have to get into that, but, uh, you know, but I would say if the battle would have happened, uh, you know, at the normal time it was scheduled for, I probably would have had uh, 150 jokes and right. for you, I would try and write 200 jokes just cause, uh, you know, uh, I mean, my strategy is pretty well documented. Uh, I have to, out- there's no way I can outwrite you and that's not me sucking up to you. You're a better writer than I am. I, I you're think- a better performer than I am. So yeah, it, it's, it's 100%. really uh it's like uh perry kissed the zeppelin you know who's the better band well it depends what you like the answer is zeppelin but don't anybody out there listen to this nonsense and be well, like oh could be kissed don't let earl maybe convince i you wouldn't of that. say uh, like who's a, a a boring band but is like um like maybe we like i love weezer uh as much as i love kiss but weezer pretty much uh, let, let me scratch that the cars okay with benjamin Orr, rest in peace mr Orr. the cars pretty much you know their knock on them was their live performance they would literally just stand there and you would close your eyes and think you were listening to the album which i love right uh but then you have kiss with the explosions and the fucking you know lasers it's like, you know it's like <laughs> right uh, we're invading you know afghanistan <laughs> with a soundtrack uh-huh. you know who's the better band and maybe not even better but personal preference who do right. you like more like my favorite band is guns and roses i recognize they're not probably the best band of all time 
Like, right. if, if you're going to ask me honestly, like, hey, who was a better band, the Beatles or Guns N' Roses? Like, I'm sure the answer to that is the Beatles. But if you ask me, like, hey, what you want, what hour of music do you want to listen to coming up? Guns N' Roses or the, I would listen to Guns N' Roses. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a preference thing. Right. I mean, what would, uh, but you know, if, if you, um, if you put Slash in the Beatles, I mean, I know this is like, oh, this is great. But like to me, the Beatles would be fantasy drafting a band, right? It would be a better band with Slash in it because he's just a shredder and he can he can rip. Oh, that's but amazing. That's not what the Beatles were about. They weren't about ripping, right? You know, uh, you, know if you could put Paul McCartney uh, in in place of Duff McKagan. Technically, Guns N' Roses would be a better band, right? But I want to see Duff McKagan. I'm I'm with you. I would love to hear that slash minute and a half solo in the middle of Hey Jude, though. I yeah. think that would be incredible. Or get some of those '80s metal guys. Guys, you know, who are virtual. You put Eddie Van Halen and, you know, Neil Young's band. Right. And, you know, it would be a better band. Yeah, but it wouldn't fit. Like, it's so I, you know, getting back to Roast Battle, it's like, you know, and I know that New York values their writing, I think, a little more, a little more than we, I don't want to say that we do out here, but like, they, like when I judged uh, in New York, uh-huh. uh, it, they seem to take it a lot more seriously. Like, let me tell you something. It, 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 I don't think you can attribute an entire thing to one region. I know that's the popular storyline. They like we're the city that writes good jokes. L.A. is all actors. But when I went out there to battle New York, I had 12 great jokes ready to go. No theatrics. My opponent had a fucking meltdown, knocked down the mic stand, dropped the mic, fell down on stage three times, had jokes that were just objectively speaking, not not good or, you know, uh, I mean, they, they just for all this talk about how it's like and here's the thing. She was she was great. People love seeing that. I'm not taking anything away from her. What I'm saying is she has a style that like if you listen to it like, oh, New York hates that L.A. shit. New York right. hates like all the theatrics. And then I battled somebody who did all theatrics and the crowd loved it. So, oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't buy that. But I mean, I. You know, I, I think uh, L.A. has great writers as well. I guess like you, uh, Toby, Doug, Olivia, mm-hmm. um, Connor McSpadden's great. Uh, I mean, there's like I'm going to miss 10 names. Of course. Week. Of course. Uh, and, you know, New York has Zach Amico is an amazing performer. Right. Like, uh, and uh, Scott Chaplin and, and uh, you know, uh, I mean, Eli's a great writer and performer like he, his subtleness is almost a character like he's so like just there eli definitely has like a like a character to him and i i don't they, i guess the point i'm trying to stress is that's not a bad thing that's not a bad for everybody who's like oh la is all theatrics like zach amico went out there you know dressed like a like a like a fucking juggalo with a pituitary yeah. problem on right. national television and he had great jokes they were really well written and everything but like you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I I don't buy that New York's there. I don't even remember what got us onto this, but I felt like I, had I to did. Say that. I think uh, I felt like I had to say that. Well, no, I mean it's like, uh, but you know, uh, you know, I thought Christie in Montreal and a lot of people like, I, and this goes to TV not picking up what was there live. But I swear to God, I tell people this: she almost beat him. Like, you know, because I think Jimmy slightly underestimated her because it's Mm -hmm. like okay she's the least known roaster but like she was even with him uh because she's so likable and even when you know like you know there's some roasters who like 
even when they do a joke that doesn't work, they still win points with the crowd because they're smiling or whatever. And she's such a commanding presence. Yeah, that voice. I'm going to be honest. I loved my material for that battle and I won and I walked away feeling like I was like a footnote. That was the Christy Cello show and I just happened to be on stage with her. It's on YouTube. It's got like 10,000 views. I looked. There were like 50 comments. Not one of them even mentioned me. Yeah. In all 50 comments, not one person says Pat was good. Pat was bad. It was like I wasn't even on stage. All the comments are about Christy, whether they're positive or negative. Um, And, you know, that's like she has that kind of like commanding presence. Oh, absolutely. On stage. I mean, uh, you know, and that's like. Uh, you know who has that and just amazing material is Olivia. Like, yeah, which is why I'm always shocked when people battle her and they go at her hard uh, because she's so fucking likable, likable. and yeah. that smile. And it's like you got to play with her because she'll just she'll bury you if you try and be a, a bully. Yeah, which, which I love. I mean, that's what really you know. I learned a lot from watching her roast. Uh, Sure. Because at the time, I had never roasted. You know, I was I didn't have the balls to do it, to be honest with you. And I loved how, uh, you know, her and you and, and maybe, I uh, can't think of, uh, you know, you and her stand out the most is turning your faults into the other person's faults. Like if someone calls either of you fat. Right. And neither of you are fat. Right. And I really do mean that. Thank you. <laughs> you know, or, you know, when she used to wear like heavier makeup and, and people would bring it up. She would spend it instantly on them. She innovated rebuttals. I mean, yeah. to me, she created it. Oh, she did. Cause that's like, I didn't, I didn't do really any rebuttals until I saw her battle Ashley Barnhill. And then I saw the way she blew the fucking room up. And Ashley's great. Like she, Ashley's great. Uh, but Olivia but, used strategy and, uh, you know, calculated that Ashley was probably going to take some, uh, shots at her weight and everything. And uh, it paid off. And she, I hadn't seen anybody destroy the room like that. It was, no. it was incredible. Yeah. And that's like, uh, I thought, okay, well, if I ever battle, people are probably going to call me old, but I'm going to try and spin it like, okay, I might be old, but I'm going to outlive you or whatever. Yeah. Depend who I would battle. And uh, it's smart. I didn't even know that was a possibility until Olivia did. It. Yeah. I mean, and then she, I was like, oh my God, I'm rethinking my entire strategy going forward. Because I think some people, uh, not so much now, but they almost deny their weaknesses mm-hmm. like if you're fat uh you're gonna get fat jokes yeah so have rebuttals or yep. if, if you uh you know uh like for me uh my parents died two months apart uh, that's it's macabre to think about uh but someone's gonna make a joke about of course benji did i, I think olivia did of course uh, benji hit me on a leroy joke which I almost started to cry on stage. Leroy, the the butler, yeah. He was... Uh, was intense. Uh, and, you know, uh, I forget my rebuttal for it, but I was just my whole... Uh, thing was, don't cry, don't cry. I mean, my eyes literally started to start to well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. That's when I went... I think I lied down on the stage. Yeah. So just in case I did cry, no one would see it. Well, the uh, joke was so long that it played off as like, oh, Earl's going to sleep because the joke is so long. Oh, I wish that was that amount of strategy. And I was like, don't cry, don't cry. It's hilarious. Because uh, like Leroy was the first person that uh, died yeah. in my life that uh, meant something to me. Um, like I can remember the phone call like it was a minute ago. Uh, you know, of course, I got the call. You know, I'm 12 years old. Uh, so but, you know, I, in my next battle, if, if there is one, uh <laughs> 
you know, there's going to be, I, I'm going to prepare for a Leroy joke or a, yeah. you know, uh, a relationship joke that, uh, you know. Once the floodgates open, that's what happened with the miscarriage joke. Everybody just sort of tiptoed around it. And right. then one person did one and it worked. And everybody was like, oh, this is a fun new toy we get to play with. But it's dangerous because now you have your rebuttal. I forget. And, and there was one miscarriage joke that was pretty funny, mm-hmm. but you had an instant rebuttal for it. Yeah, I always do. But this one I remember was uh, uh, like, wow, he was prepared. Yeah. Uh, I've got a oh boy. I want to say it was Jay Light. I had yeah, I had one for Jay. I had one for Connor. I had one for Doug. I I had one for Robin Tran. I had one for Alex Hooper. He didn't go there, but I had one prepared. I had one for Keith. I had ever ever since the first one came out, I go into every battle just assuming that I'm going to get one. Yeah, I mean, and I prepare a rebuttal for it. Yeah. Um, and the, the cool thing about rebuttals is they don't have to be great. If somebody hits you on like a really personal thing and then you come back with a, a rebuttal, even if it's not the greatest joke, you're going to get a pop just for sort of fighting back and punching the bully in the mouth. So, well, I love punching a bully in the mouth. It's the best. Oh, is this the part where you cut your, uh, your pro wrestling promo? At no, the no, no. I just, I, <laughs> I love just cause the bet, you know, I grew up playing hockey. Yeah. And uh, definitely grew up watching hockey, which is weird because I'm from L.A. But uh, I always gravitated to, uh, you know, back when I started watching hockey, there were bullies. And, sure. Uh, like the Philly Flyers. Where they won Broad, two cups, basically. Broad on bullying. Street Bullies. Yeah. But I, and this, in a weird way, goes back to Roast Battle. It always uh, does. It really does. <laughs> I love Roast Battle. Yeah. People like people think I hate Jimmy Carr. He hates me. Uh, we love each other. Jimmy would never say that on a podcast, but I know he loves me. Uh, I love him. Um, but there was a documentary on the Flyers. I think uh, Rob, I think Rob Zombie did it, uh, and it was basically their Cup run, Broad Street Bullies, uh, and they didn't. They left out my. I thought would have been the perfect ending to the documentary was the Flyers mini dynasty ended because one day Paul Holmgren, the legend of Paul Holmgren, he took on Clark Gillies of the Islanders and Clark Gillies took care of business. Yeah. And I think that so disarmed the Flyers. It's weird how one fight can change an organization, but, and then the Islanders went on to win four cups. It was the death of an era. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I, uh, that's why I like taking on bullies. Cause I find the best way to take on a bully is to bully them back. Well, that's, they're, not, they're that, not used to it. That's why you consider yourself the Buster Douglas. My dad used to always say to me, and I was too young to like have an opinion on boxing, but he would always say, Mike Tyson is not as good as he seems. The problem is, everybody's afraid of Mike Tyson. Right. So they go in and they just start getting the shit kicked out of him. He's like, when somebody unloads on Tyson early, like uh, he reverts back to being like, he does, he's not the bully anymore. Right. And I don't know how accurate that is. That was just, I think it's very accurate. My dad certainly wasn't Larry Merchant or, or whatever, but <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> right. But that, yeah, that's what he always said. He's like, once Tyson doesn't get to be the bully anymore, it's a whole different fight. And I, you know, a lot of people give uh, Buster Douglas credit for the downfall of Tyson, but I think it went back uh, to a couple other guys uh, before. Uh, Mike Weaver was uh, one of the fir- one of the only guys to really 
stand in there with Tyson. Of course, Tyson knocked him out because uh, Weaver just wasn't big enough to like, but he had the balls to say, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. Uh, but Razor Ruddock, I think, uh, in his ah, two fights, yeah. he never gets the credit. But if you go back and watch those two Ruddock fights, and Ruddock lost both fights, Ruddock was really the first person to stand directly in front of Tyson and go, I'm going to take your best shot, but I'm also going to give you a couple shots. And I think that fucked with Tyson's head. Sure. Because uh, he'd never had uh, someone who was big enough to outbully him. Yeah. And in that Douglas fight, uh, you know, Douglas did the same thing. Douglas was more skilled than Ruddock, but Douglas was like, all right, you knock me down. I'm going to get back up. Barely. But he, I mean. Got the job done. Yeah. So uh, in roast battle, I I love uh, going up against bullies. And there's not too many. But, uh, you know. Oh, I know. Well, there. I mean, in some sense, we're all bullies to a degree Yeah. with roast battle. I mean, to, for you, you know, when we hook it up, I love you. You love me. But, you know, for those 10 minutes, we got to kind of bully each other. Yeah, like that's it, the name of the game. It's two dogs pissing on each other <laughs> and who draws first blood. And then, you know, so uh, but, you know, with you and I, Omid, Doug, you know, we'll hug it out and, uh, you know. See how it goes. That sounds good. Can't wait. Now you have a big show. Yes, I could go on for another hour, but I, uh, I, I, we, yeah, we've gone on way too long. How much time are we at right now? Well, what here's are, the problem. We are at one fifty. Oh my god. Now I know at about two hours and ten minutes, the tape doesn't shut off, right? But it somehow splinters into another. Even listen, even even if, even if you had the technology to record this for five hours, we, we've overstayed our welcome. Let's, I don't think we have. Okay. To well, be honest with you, it's that's generous. Too- My self confidence isn't nearly as high as uh, well, <laughs> as your no faith self. in me. But um, I mean, this has been two hours. It hasn't felt. It's felt like a half hour. Absolutely, I agree. Um, um, now let's get. Let's so, yeah. Let's talk about. Let's talk about this. Uh, this show. You got um, a big show Sunday. Uh, tell us all about it because it's a great cause at the comedy store. Yeah. So what I alluded to earlier is, uh, you know, my wife and I had a miscarriage, and we were trying to figure out how we were going to afford IVF treatments to have a family, and we came across this great organization called Baby Quest, and what they do is they independently raise funds to have uh, you know people apply we had to fill out an application and you know send our story and all that kind of stuff and um, couples basically apply for medical uh, financial assistance and um, you know some apply for a full you know uh, full ride like a scholarship basically and some apply for like a partial grant and we applied for a partial one and, and we got it and it made it possible um, so uh, it just so happens that the the foundation is located here in Los Angeles and they do fundraisers and they came to me and they said, hey, what if what if we did a comedy one? Uh, you know, if we got the, the venue and did the advertising, like, could you book some good people? And one thing I love about the comedy store and Roast Battle is I've met a lot of really funny people, uh, way too many to put on one show. So, um, yeah, so uh, we put this show together. It's going to be Sunday night, May 7th, coming up in the main room at eight o'clock. And uh, Jeff Ross just jumped on board today. He's going to headline it. Uh, Chris Red, very funny. Uh, awesome dude. Awesome dude. So, and just one of the naturally funniest people I've ever met. Uh, I'm really excited. He just jumped on today. Uh, Mike Lawrence, season one roast battle champ. 
Jeremiah Watkins, uh, one third of, of the wave, and he's doing everything. He's all over the place. Uh, Omid Singh, one of our favorites. The best. He's he's amazing. Uh, Leah Kajanian. Love her. She's she's great. And uh, and I had to have one non roast battle person in there. Uh, so I got uh, my buddy Blake Wexler, who um, is I like him. He's great. He's great. He's another hilarious guy. So I'm so excited about the lineup. And uh, if anybody is listening to this, come out Sunday night. All of the money goes towards a, an amazing charity. Um, and it's going to be a great show. Like we could have half assed this thing and put together a lineup and just counted on you to give us money, uh, you know, pay your 20 bucks and then we'll give you a mediocre lineup. But I really think that this lineup knocks it out of the park. I'm is, really excited about it. Is there a way if, for people who are out of town? Uh, are you know they're in town they can't make it is there a website they can go to uh, possibly donate that's that's a great question I'm sure I'm sure that there is it's either babyquest.com or babyquestgrants.com okay um, and uh, you know you, you can you could search for them and, and read their whole story they're on all the different social medias um, and you can absolutely donate yes uh, if, do. if, if you're not if you're not around um, because we're coming up on the next cycle of, of grants like you buying tickets or sending in a little donation however much could literally be the difference uh for a family for a couple getting to start a family or not so it's yeah. a great cause and uh you know if, if you know pets uh, you know situation in the past with uh you know what he had to go through it's it means a lot to pat so uh you know i know we joke around here a lot all that this is great. You guys are great to me, but uh, donate if you can. Uh, and if you're in town, the comedy stores and the stand in the cellar are great too. And the improv's awesome. But the comedy store is just like, it's heaven on earth. It, and it's hard to explain to people who've never been there. It's just, it's a magical place. So you get to hang out at a cool club. Uh, and Sunday nights, it's great at the store. Uh, please go if you can. I mean, Jeff Ross, Chris Red, Leah, uh, Blake, Pat, Awesome, Omid. It's it's like a great lineup too. So it's not just like, you know, a good cause with a bad show. It's a great cause with a great lineup. Uh, so, uh, Pat, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, find me everywhere at Pat Barker Comedy, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah, just reach out and say hey. Uh, yeah, Pat's, you know who he is if you've listened to this show. I've, I've talked about him a lot and, uh, you know, he's a great dude, great comic, uh, beyond a great roaster. And uh, one day uh, we will be holding microphones on a stage together, saying nasty things about each other. But, uh, you know, you got a little while before that happens. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Uh, go to the show Comedy Store Sunday night, May 7th. This is May 4th right now, so you'll have two days to make your plans. It's an early show, so just, you know, there's no excuse. This goes back to what we were talking about. Go because it's a great cause. You'll get a, a benefit from seeing great comics. Donate what you can. Support, uh, you know, and just, I'm begging you. Usually this is where I would say leave a review on iTunes or go into a pro wrestling speech about the rights and the wrongs of roast battle. <laughs> but I won't do that. Pat Barker's the best. Sunday night, the comedy store, 7 p.m. Be there. Hey, yeah.